106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hunter Joseph Biden dropped out of the hunt today, saying the disclosures about his plagiarism in law school and his exaggerations about his academic record made it impossible for him to continue. I do it with incredible reluctance, and it makes me angry. I'm angry with myself for having been put in the position, put myself in the position of having to make this choice. The Delaware Democrat is the second candidate to be forced from the race by questions of character and integrity. Just cheeky checking. You do know, don't you, all of you greeny, I've got an electric car, I'm saving the planet. You do know that electricity doesn't like come from the air, don't you? You, don't, you know that it doesn't just come down a magic pipeline. You know that we have to actually make electricity by either nuclear or fossil fuels or whatever. You do, you do know that, don't you? Because it seems to me a bit like... Like the whole NHS is free. No, it's not. It's free at the point of use. Someone has to pay. Same with electricity. Electricity comes from a cable, but it still has to be generated. It's not actually green or better for the environment in and of itself. You do, you do realise that, don't you? While you're just up there on your moral high ground or sat in your Tesla for 40 minutes charging your car like some sort of moron. Okay, perfect. Great. Goat's milk latte drinking, avocado toast eating. Can I take cocaine with my spouse? No, sir. No, sir. I did not call Senator Sanders an ignorant slut. I'm not talking about buying it, but let's suppose I, I came in one day and the cocaine was there. Uh, people who are... Um her bilingual, speak English and stupid. I don't know why we have to give money to countries that hate us. They should be able to hate us for free. Looks like we're giving Lindsay Lohan the keys to the minibar. President Biden is sort of like um, Kevin Bacon at the end of uh, Animal House. I can't get my head that far up my rear end. Just stick it up there, fact checker. They can kiss my ass. Somebody at the White House has been smoking the devil's lettuce. Okay, my car doesn't run off fairy dust. My car doesn't run off unicorn urine. Christmas ornaments, drywall, and Jerry Epstein. Name three things that don't hang themselves. Somebody unvaccinated comes over on a plane. You say that's not okay. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated. They're allowed to stay. But, Why? But that's not how it works. Yeah. Like we actually no. Well, I know that that's not what you guys want to happen, but that is what ha what is happening. But that's not. It's not like somebody walks over and <laughs> that's not. That's, that's not how. Exactly what's happening. We well, thousands of people are walking in a day. Have a medical exemption. I'm sorry. You have a medical exemption for. I do. Okay. You've been cleared by staff. Can someone? Yes, I have. Can I have my full minute, please? You may. I'm, Thank I'm, you. I'm waiting for staff to give me a thumbs up that the medical exemption was granted. You know, it's actually embarrassing that you have to ask me that question in front of hundreds of people here. That's discrimination against HIPAA. I can't ask you if you're gay. I can't ask you if you have herpes. You can't ask me about my medical exemption. I can't ask you if you're pregnant. You can't ask me that question. Would you like your minute now? I would love my minute, yeah. They spied on our campaign. They got caught. 
they tried to take down a duly elected President of the United States. They got caught. And you know who knew all about it? Barack Hussein Obama and Sleepy Joe Biden. It's a hot evening, and I don't have my headset on here. Hold on. Just started. I thought I was ready. It's a hot evening in uh, Northern California, where I'm sitting. It's a smoker, and every once in a while, every few years, we get a real heat rate wave, and we got it going on now. So um, I got me a towel here to just, like, broom my face off. And uh, But I'm thankful to be here. I'm healthy. And I hope you are, and I'm glad you're listening if you have time to check in. This is uh, Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. And uh, a couple things to connect with us, ways to connect if you'd like. No Hostages Radio is connected to a website, nohostagesradio.com. Very simple, nohostagesradio.com. So you can reach me on an email at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Com. If you want to shoot me some information or question something, and uh lady that listens to our radio show uses this email as well, and um, she's out of our area, but she sent me some great information. So if you ever have anything for me, I'm happy to have you uh, help me. So um, you can also reach me at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. We're on the left coast. So you can take that into consideration when you're thinking about times to call. I do try to answer the phone uh, religiously. I don't screen calls unless it says it's spam and uh, don't listen to it. Trouble. But if it's just a strange number, I I take the call. So don't worry about that. Or you can text me on that line if you want to have a chat. So no problem. Uh, All those things are uh, easy. I also want to mention to you that... uh, Again, you can listen on your podcast that you probably you may have got this off your podcast source or you can listen to it off our uh, website at nohostagesradio.com. And you can also listen to a live show if you're interested in that KMYC uh, 1410 a.m. If you're out of the area and that's a, the, the signal doesn't go out too strong on an a.m. But you can go to KMYC 1410.com. And just click on live and you can listen right there uh, on the uh, show and hear it loud and clear. My friends in Roseville area, which is just about 45 minutes from here, said, yeah, we listen on the radio. It's all scratchy and, you know, it's difficult to listen. So uh, I was going to give her the same. In fact, I already gave her the same advice. Uh, So we do the live show on Saturdays. This show pops up every Saturday. And then we do a live show from 10 to 1, which we've added on here a little over a year ago. Um, so yeah, you're welcome to, I'll give out my number as well on some other projects we're working on here. Um, 
so I want to make some uh, some things to do announcements because this is about a three hour gig here. Uh, not all me talking, but some clips and stuff. And you may get uh, distracted or don't have time to listen to the whole thing, or it you might get bored along the way and just say, "Oh, I got other things to do." So anyway, I'm really into uh, <clears throat> my thing is we're to throw down against the overtaking of this country and to stand up for the Constitution and for our uh, the Bill of Rights and the things that uh, the Founding Fathers uh, fought for and bled for, died for, sacrificed for, and I want to keep those things. So uh, if it wasn't, uh, the, one of the motivating factors of me doing this was I still have like a chain of relatives, youngsters down the road, grandkids, uh, that are probably oblivious to what's shaking in the country right now, but they're going to grow up and I'm going to have, uh, I'm concerned about their situation and it may be nothing I can do about it. In other words, the, the effect of my efforts may not be great, but I've got to do something. So, uh, otherwise I could go a number of places around the world and just kick back. And I've got that side of me, but, uh, number of years ago, I just thought, you know something, I'm not going to allow my uh, relatives who have fought World War II and other wars to just uh, fought for nothing, right, as we give the country away. So, um, all right, that's why we're here. And so I'm going to talk about some things to do, not just things to believe or perspectives or principles. As I said last week, uh, Chris Ann Hall wrote about principles and basically said, if you're acting uh, in spite of your principles, they really aren't pr principles or preferences. And Groucho Marx is famously quoted for saying, these are my principles. If you don't like them, I have others. So uh, I'm interested in you that have principles and you want to stand up and you want to do something. Having preferences and beliefs is how we got to where we are today. So, I'm going to I'm challenging you to and your friends and your relatives and even people that aren't your friends to do something and to do something towards saving our nation. And um, so what I want to tell you first is that uh, Dr. Brian Artis, who is going to be here in um, a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll make that announcement in just a minute. Um, he sent an email out, not just to me personally, we've never met personally, but it's an email that says time sensitive request. This is Dr. Artis. And this email is not being sent to our worldwide audience. He said, I need your immediate help. I'm personally and directly working with attorneys, district attorneys, sheriffs, doctors in California and, and Oklahoma who are going to very soon start filing criminal charges against hospitals and medical personnel. There's a specific profile of a patient that we are very intentionally wanting or seeking out. So you might fit this and you might be able to get in on this. And uh, there's probably people donating to this cause to file these lawsuits. So if you know of anyone, he says, who can say yes to each of these three requirements, please respond in earnest to this email. Earnest means right away, today. 
So the patient profile requirements are these. Number one, that you're a person that has received the first COVID-19 vax. Maybe this is a person you know, like a loved one who died. So uh, the number one, per- the person received the first COVID-19 vax shot, and it was the brand Pfizer or Moderna. Number two, uh, the same person who received that uh, uh, received the first also got a second Pfizer or Moderna injection. And number three, within two weeks of receiving the second COVID-19 shot, the patient got sick, was admitted to the hospital, diagnosed as having COVID, and then received remdesivir and died. So we're looking, they're looking for specific patients uh, who in the immediate two weeks following that uh, second shot, those things happen to. Okay. So uh, there was an email sent to me. If you want to contact me, I can forward this to you if that's easier for you um, because uh, it may not be easy to find it on his site. His site is the Dr. Ardis Show, the Dr. Ardis, A-R-D-I-S Show.com, the, the Dr. Ardis Show.com. But I'm not sure you I, – I went on there, and I couldn't, I couldn't find this email. Then I couldn't find it on his site. So then I found the email – and now I know how to find it on my uh, search. So if you if you need something and you can't find it on his website, uh, just send me a text or an email, and I will forward this email to you. The second one is uh, we had the David Martin uh, Revolution premiere movie uh, last week, last Friday night. And uh, the Prosecute Now people were there, all the leaders of the website called Prosecute Now. And they're doing similar things. And so if you go to the website called prosecutenow.io, not net, not com, not org, it's Prosecute Now, I-O, the letters I-O. And it's a great website, and they're asking you to do a lot of things that you can help them with. They're filing lawsuits Throughout the country, they're getting sheriffs, DAs, attorney generals, attorneys general, and uh, they they have a proposed indictment on this site. They have a lot of things you can do, uh, so you can get involved. They have a proposed filings. Uh, you can donate to this site if you feel like you've been wronged, or you feel like you're thank God you're healthy, but you still have wronged. You can. Um, Donate to these guys because these people are devoted and working full time as well as like Dr. Brian Artis and others full time to bring the people that are the faces of COVID to trial and to prosecute them and to uh, punish them for their deeds against humanity. And so uh, so that's prosecutenow.org and Dr. Artis show dot com. Okay, so the other ones, the other one that I think you should check on is americasfrontlinedoctors.org. Now, this site has been taken down repeatedly throughout COVID. In fact, Dr. Simone Gold, who started this whole movement, America's Frontline Doctors, uh, she's been blocked. She's been fired. She was working in an ER in the Bay Area in California. She's a, a licensed attorney. She's a licensed doctor and practices both. And I think right now she's serving time uh, back in Washington, D.C., because she happened to be 
not breaking anything or breaking any law. She just happened to be a part of the January 6th uh, mob out there in front of the Capitol, and they arrested her. And they sentenced her to 60 days uh, in jail. And uh, the the judge, this is how how totally corrupt this is, the judge that, that sentenced her actually tried to date her in law school, if that isn't weird. So, but America's frontline doctors, there's lots of things you can do to help. You can donate to them. Uh, you can learn so much about uh, health, about what the virus is all about. There's videos like how does a spike protein destroy mitochondria? New York increases surveillance with new speed camera order. There's all kinds of help uh, on this site and as well as leading you to doctors if you have a problem finding doctors. Okay, so there's uh, three things that you can uh, get involved in. Now, if if uh, I don't I don't talk to a lot of people uh, outside my realm of except for the people I work with. So today I was at the picking up my mail at the post office and a guy walked by me as I was walking out of the post office and it's very hot out, very hot right now, maybe 111 degrees. So uh, he looked at me, he said, Oh, uh, you're Lou used to be in the jail and he used to be in there as well as an inmate. And he said, Oh yeah, we talked for a minute. And I said, Hey, why don't you, I knew where he was going. It was just a few blocks, but it was very hot. So I said, jump in the car, give you some air conditioning, get you over there. So we talked on the way, and he had been in prison, and he was forced to take the jab in prison. He's the second inmate that told me, uh, because we got to talking about it, and he said, Lou, will I die because I took the jab? I said, yeah, probably. And uh, he said, do you think God will stop? If I pray, do you think God will stop the jab from killing me? I said, Maybe. So I said, I would pray and do that. But I, I said, a lot of people are dying from the jab. Now, lots of people are dying all over the United States and the world. And of course, the government that forced these jabs, they're saying, oh, yeah, we didn't force the jabs on you. Yeah, they, they the dirty dogs, they didn't tie you down like they do an animal and brand you. But there was all kinds of pressure to get it right. So they're going to say they're one of their excuses or their uh, alibis uh, is, well, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't our doing. We were just doing our job. And the second one is, well, it wasn't really forced on you, even though they fired you from your job, right? On and on and on. And uh, so there's people dying left and right, and they don't want to assess any of those deaths to COVID vaccines or the COVID jabs, although it's clear that the, that the huge numbers of deaths in all ages, way above normal, Right way above normal because they keep track of deaths worldwide and each country keeps track of all their different types of deaths, uh, accidents, shootings, stabbings, uh, industrial accidents, regular accidents, heart attacks, cardiopulmonary, something, something, right? All the stuff, diabetes, all the stuff. So they can tell if there's a spike in and deaths in any one area like that's why they were that's why they're saying there's been a spike in the number of fentanyl deaths right they can because they're keeping track so they know that there's this huge spike in deaths and the only thing that was different in our world during 2021 was the introduction introduction of these poisonous shots okay so i don't have time to handhold you uh through all this 
So you're just going to, if you've got any motivation, any passion, any pulse, if you don't have a pulse anymore, you're a lot like a lot of Americans with no pulse, no passion. You don't really give a damn. Uh, you just want to suck off the tit that's left of America. And like a lot of these politicians, they just want to get theirs and get the hell out. Uh, that's that's what they're doing. And um, that's what they're they say. Oh, yeah, we're here to serve. No, they're called public serpents and they're not here to serve. They're here to grab onto you, bite you and suck you, suck the, the blood right out of you. And uh, they are they're very much into uh, just taking advantage of everybody and getting theirs and getting the hell out. That's just what they're all about. They're very selfish. They're trained that way because they live in America. Americans have been trained to be extremely selfish and, and me-oriented, the me generation. It's a, it's a disgusting thing, but that's just what we're dealing with. And we keep electing politicians that we like them. Oh, yeah, I know Mike. I know Andy. I know Randy. He's a good guy. Good guy. Just, you know, he's out there. He hired my my nephew. And he put him to work. Yeah, he helped him out. You know, they they aren't they are Republicans. It's interesting. What there's lots of different ways that you can determine. Like I just uh, somebody's bringing me by some strips to dip in. You put a little baggie that has dope in it. You don't know what it is. You put it in water. Just has residue of the dope in the bag. You just put it in water and you put the strip in there. It tells what it has fentanyl in it. What we need is a strip that we can we can dip in somebody's mouth and tell whether they're uh whether they have any republican dna or conservative dna or constitutional dna in their in their body because these these supervisors all claim oh yeah I'm a republican oh they're just uh, it's just a constant spewing of lies uh but they turn around and they increase the size of government that that's just the opposite of all our founding fathers. They were unified on the fact that they wanted a very small government and not to control our every move. Tell me how to water my lawn. Tell me when to drink some water or wear a hat on a hot day. Tell me when I can turn on my power, when to turn off my power, when, what color I can paint my house. It's all nonsense people. Um, Okay, so we're fighting a Measure A. That's that's a new sales tax that's going to be assessed on any purchases in Sutter County. That's one of 58 counties in California. They they got they're lusting after the money because they see their their neighbors across the river. First Marysville, then Yuba County. Uh, Marysville sort of got theirs legitimately, except they uh, they had to uh, prostitute with a uh, the Lanza fam- family to fund the operation. So the Lanza family gets easy passes through planning commissions on the property deals they want to do, and they funded the, the new tax. They don't give a crap about uh, the private sector either. They just want their money, and they just want as much money as they can before the end. And then somehow they think they got it going to take it with them. So, uh, but the uh, Yuba County just completely stole the election. You think, oh, no, Trump election, that got stolen. No, they've been stealing elections for a long time before anything. In the Yuba County election, they lied, they cheated, they deceived, and then they finally uh, had to use three dirty judges in Sacramento to get a win on the Yuba County, what they call Measure K. So now we have Measure A. Uh, 
And so uh, we're asking you, if you want to, in Sutter County, to get registered to vote and vote against this. They only they, they claim they're only going to need 50 percent of the vote plus one vote. In other words, a majority is going to decide to take more money out of your pocket. That's that's the uh, the evils of democracy. The, see, eventually the majority can say we don't think uh, that white people or blue people or brown people or red people or black people. We don't want them anymore in our county. So we're going to vote against them. They all have to move. Right. That happened in Germany. They, they, the majority ruled, and they just said, we don't like Jews or gypsies or Catholics or Christian people. We want them to get out, right, or we will kill them. That's exactly what's going on here. So now if 50% plus one votes for this tax, that means every person, that means the other 49.99999% will have to pay that tax, even though they didn't want to pay the tax and voluntarily taken from them. I'm going to tell you how to get involved in a minute. We'll be right back. Sarah, the person at the center of this video is the assistant principal here at the Coscob Elementary School. Greenwich's first selectman telling me that that man has been placed on administrative leave. And this video is getting reaction from local leaders all across Connecticut. A Greenwich assistant principal under fire after a video appears to show him discussing discriminatory hiring practices at his job at Coscob Elementary School. So then what do you do as a Catholic? If you find out someone is Catholic, then what? Jeremy Boland is at the center of the undercover video released by Project Veritas, a nonprofit enterprise known for controversial undercover reporting through hidden cameras. The 12-minute video appears to show Boland discussing not wanting to hire candidates who are conservative, Catholic, or of a certain age. Greenwich's first selectman says he's demanding answers. I've called for an independent investigation separate from the Board of Education. I want to see if this is pervasive. If it is, how wide and how deep is it? A group gathered outside of the elementary school Wednesday evening to denounce what was said in the video, including Republican Senate candidate Leora Levy, who's from Greenwich. I believe that we are one people and what they are doing in trying to divide Americans, divide our children. Senator Richard Blumenthal and Governor Ned Lamont, both also from Greenwich, released statements also condemning what they saw. In a tweet, Blumenthal said in part, religious discrimination is inexcusable and illegal. Of course, I support a full investigation. Lamont said in part, discrimination of any kind has no place in Connecticut, especially in our public schools. This is not aligned with our Connecticut values. Fox 61 has not confirmed the legitimacy of the video or the circumstances under which it was filmed or edited. Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe says his organization stands by the way in which the reporting was done. It took place in Connecticut um, in, a, in a public area, and he knew he was spe speaking to someone. He knew he was being interviewed, and he shared that with our journalist. He may not have known he was being recorded, but he knew he was being talked to. 
We have reached out to Greenwich Public Schools for a comment, but have not heard back yet. Governor Ned Lamont said that the State Board of Education is aware of this incident. Listen to what President Trump responded to the photograph that the Department of Justice leaked through the mainstream media of the classified documents that were strewn on his office floor. This is what President Trump responded on Truth Social. He said, terrible the way the FBI, during the raid of Mar-a-Lago, threw documents haphazardly all over the floor, perhaps pretending it was me that did it, and then started taking pictures of them for the public to see. Thought they wanted them kept secret, question mark, lucky I declassified. So Trump's denying that he kept classified documents strewn in a messy fashion over the floor of his office at Mar-a-Lago, which is not a hard claim to believe. It's a pretty cl easy claim to believe. Who would leave documents like this? Why would, well, what could you, what would you possibly be doing with documents strewn like this? The only reason that they would be strewn like that is if the FBI wanted to take a picture of them. So did the FBI plant this evidence? How do we know what's underneath the redactions? We don't know because the redactions are redacted. The FBI is not an institution that deserves trust. They have violated our trust. They have violated our rights. They have violated us innumerable times in the past five, six, seven, 10 years, really since their inception, but we can save that rabbit hole for a different day. These are the same swamp creatures who are telling us right now to trust them about this photograph, the same swamp creatures who peddled the Steele dossier. This is the same FBI that lied about Carter Page being a Russian spy when they knew he was not. This is the same deep state and mainstream media supporting the deep state that promoted headline after headline about these alleged P tapes that President Trump was part of that were false from the beginning. This is the same FBI that won't release 14,000 hours of video footage around January 6th. This is the same FBI that lied about the Hunter Biden laptop story and directed a private entity, Facebook, to censor this story in the lead up to the 2020 election because they knew it was true. They knew it would impact people's decision whether or not to vote for Joe Biden. They wanted Joe Biden to be president and they silenced this story based on a lie, calling it Russian misinformation when they knew it was true because they had the laptop.
that wants to ban us from owning AR-15s just handed over 359,000 rifles, 126,000 pistols, and 64,000 machine guns to the Taliban. Hell yes, we're gonna take your AR-15, your AK-47. Yeah, unless you're a terrorist, then we'll send you one in a gift box for free. Joe Biden would rather arm the Taliban with AR-15s than allow American citizens to lawfully own them. And guess what the Taliban's first order of business is after taking control of Afghanistan? They're telling all citizens to turn in their guns within a week. Sound familiar? History makes one thing clear. Oppression begins when you have full control over the people. And that begins with gun control. NRA's five million members will not give in and will not stand down. Now if you see my baby, my baby is oh so fine. She's long and lean and never mean. She tastes like cherry wine and she's my baby. She drives me crazy. Now a love like mine should never be denied. I want a hug and kiss and Lord, I really miss her all the time. So the way to get involved is you can go to a website, SutterCountySaysNo.com. 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 You got it? Go to that website and you can sign up and get a, uh, you can request a sign to put in your yard or your business or your farm or whatever. And then we need people that will go door to door. We need people that will call. We need people to get involved. A handful of people are not going to defeat this, this deal. That's what we got. Here's what the evil of this thing is. The Sutter County supervisor are going to violate your constitutional rights. They're going to take your money. That is your free speech, your tax money that you paid with good faith to the county, and they're going to use that against you to convince you to, to give up more of your money. It's, it's uh, right in the Constitution of California and the United States to say you cannot do that, but they're just going to ignore it because they have judges that are ignoring all the rules, and they just make up the rules as they go along. So go to SutterCountySaysNo.com. And there's also a website regarding Measure A, and I can't quote it to you off the top of my head. Uh, if you go to Sutter County Measure A, it might pop up. That's an anti-Measure uh, A Facebook site, and you could also go there and start posting on there and commenting and, and um, give a shout-out, okay? So, okay, that's that. All right, I want to mention a couple uh, people that are make this happen. I was over at uh, All Power Services this week. It was smoking hot in that building. I felt so sorry for those guys. The sweat was squirting right off the forehead of those people. But they were. I was over there picking up a vehicle that we helped put together for uh, a lady that was having difficulty. Her car broke down. We had it towed over there, and and uh, 
Will Fanning just fixed it in a in a heartbeat. We just had to get it over there so he could di- diagnose it on his system and then throw some new parts in it. We had her up and going. Boom. All power services, they work. I'm just shocked every time I walk in. There's everything from big rigs to compressors to water blasters, sand blasters to um, weed eaters and chainsaws. I mean, they just fix all kinds of stuff. And I really admire people like that that actually have a talent that can make things work that ain't working. And I got to meet last week Josh James and uh, and the, I think their other employee, I think his name is, I think his name's Luis, same as me. So All Power Services out at 1469 Stewart Road. It's right off Highway 99. Easy to get to. Really nice guys. They're always smiling, even when it's 150 inside that metal building. And people that go out there seem to be happy. They just take their broken stuff there and take their fixed stuff home. That makes everybody happy. 530-844-0347. You can text or you can talk to them either way they will fix you up and they'll be happy to do it also uh izzy garcia little billy's excavator and backhoe service he will he will make a mountain for you or he will make it flat or he'll make a hole in the ground they'll he'll do whatever you want him to do he will solve your problem when you can't do it with a shovel now i like to use a shovel i don't mind using a shovel but there's some things when that backhoe comes oh baby it's exciting to see all the work that they can do in a heartbeat so He's right here in Loma Rica, California. That's his base, but he works over Northern California. He, he will get to you right away. You can dial him or text him easy at 530-300-6010, 530-300-6010. If you've got some junk, you need to move garbage, junk, all that kind of stuff. You need to do a cleanup on a house or property. Uh, Ira and Gina Burroughs will do it for you. He's the fired firefighter that they're now all these firefighters are suing the city of San Francisco because... They said, even though you've been a good, faithful employee, part of the firefighter family of San Francisco, because you won't take a a killer jab, uh, you no longer are part of the family. So they kicked him to the curb. So Ira's up here. He lives up here. They, uh, I I know they have property in Yuba County. I'm not sure where they're living right at the moment, but he's, he had plans to develop some property up there in the Browns Valley area. So if you need something moved or cleaned up, 530-329-3113, 530-329-3113, and you can text or call, and it, they call themselves YS Junk Angel. If you add uh, .com on there, you'll get to their website, web, ysjunkangel.com. And I might as well just say Alan's Auto Body. I was just talking about them on the phone just a minute ago to a guy that needed some help and um they are at tea garden at sutter street and they they've been fixing my my car my friend's car um wicked man's car the guy that that does the sound systems for us at the radio station and uh, great painters great body people great folks honest people you can reach them at 530-671-1057 they are at tea garden at sutter you can't miss it if you get close to them it's bright yellow stripe around the building you can't miss it unbelievable so uh all righty and also i'm going to bring up uh, dark secrets and bright hopes it's coming up really quick september 16 17 and 18 at church of glad tidings in sutter county or what they call yuba city north of yuba city 1179 eager road it's going to be all night all evening uh like seven to nine or six seven to nine probably or thereafter on the 16th, 9 to 9, 
uh, with breaks included on the 17th and and uh, <laughs> I think uh, 10 to noon on the 18th. So we got uh, you can go to church. The best way is to go to churchofgladtidings.com. All the information is 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 there now. Churchofgladtidings.com. Click on events. Go down to September 16th, and you can see the speakers. Get go to other information. Look at all the speakers. There's a write up. There's a photo. And then also there is how how to watch. In other words, you can come. Uh, you can watch online, and I think it'll be recorded eventually and put on the church website. And uh, there's some costs to all of it. The costs are minimal. It's it's shocking how cheap they're doing this out there. I I'm amazed. But L.A. Marzuli, Derek Gilbert, Dr. Brian Artis, Leo Lyon Zagami. And Dave Bryan are going to speak. It's going to rock your socks. And uh, if you're not used to hearing things or seeing things that challenge you, uh, you're probably not going to be up for this. You ought to just go ahead and watch reruns of uh, cartoons or something out there that you know, you know, like little kids. They know what they're going to say before they say it. Happy, happy new school year to everybody. I, I saw they put in five new modulars out of Church of Glad Tidings. They call it Epic School, Epic Embassy Private, or they call it Embassy Private Educational Center called Epic. And uh, they started that because all these people were leaving the public school system and they didn't have any place to go. They were looking for a place to go, including teachers. So they ended up settling at Glad Tidings, though they didn't want them there because there was no room. So now they're putting up five modulars and all that stuff. But uh, I'm not saying that's the best school for you. I'm just saying it's an option. So if you're freaking out and you're hearing all these nasty things about the schools, which are true, uh, there's lots of good schools that are popping up. And uh, there's St. Isidore School. That's a K through 12. And then they've added a high school this year, which is incredible. Uh, so congratulations to them. Bible Baptist schools. I just talked to one of the parents from out there. That's a K through 12. She's really happy. I think I knew a new life Christian school in Yuba County. Uh, I, that was a K through 12. I'm thinking it still is faith. Christians, a K through 12 epics, a K through 12. So if you're thinking about, we need to make a change, but you may say in the same moment, Hey, I don't have, I don't have the money to, uh, to help uh, to pay for my kids. I've already paying taxes. I'm buried, right? So how do I pay for my kids? So that, that is a challenge. People are doing it in different ways. Uh, I, at church Saturday night, one of the ladies said to me, she's involved in te- doing a little bit of teaching at the school. She said, hey, we got this student. She's a 16-year-old. Uh, it's a 16-year-old female. The, the other sister, they had money for her, but they didn't have money for the 16-year-old. So the girl's trying to figure out how to earn some money to pay her own way, and that's a, it's quite a bit of money, actually. So anyway, if you want to uh, make a contribution and help a youngster go to school that really wants to go to something other than the public schools, the government schools, uh, give me a shout-out at 530-713-1838. Now, I can, you can give me a text if you want to help, and I'll give you uh, a way to send the money if you want to do it online and donate to this youngster who uh, very badly wants to go to this epic school. But there's other schools, and I'm hearing good things about a lot of them, and we need every one of them to be packed because, I mean, we need a lot of seats in every one of them because there's so many people wanting out of the, the public schools. Now, I mentioned earlier some of my motives for doing this show and doing the radio show, and I do write some newspaper articles that run in the Territorial Dispatch, 
And thank you, Territorial, for advertising for us as well. But I do run some articles over there. I don't do it for pay. I do everything free of charge. I'm just trying to get my perspective out. Uh, So um, I wanted to read you this that is motivating to me. And this was posted a week or so ago from Chris Ann Hall. And this is uh, was written by a guy named a patriot who wasn't even, I don't think, 20 at the time he wrote this. His name uh, is, he didn't give up his name since he died, Alexander Hamilton. And uh, he said, is it not better, I asked, to suffer a few present inconveniences than to put yourselves in the way of losing everything that is precious to you? Your lives, your property, your religion are all at stake. I do my duty. I warn you of the danger. If you should still be so mad or crazy as to bring destruction upon yourselves, if you should still neglect what you owe to God and man, you cannot plead ignorance in your excuse. Your consciences will reproach you for your folly and your children's children will curse you. There's a, that's a mouthful. It's a lot more there than just the words. He's really talking about why do you live life? And I'll just ask you that. What makes you get up in the morning? To get high? See how much money you can make? See how, how much, how you can get your hustle on? Uh, what are you really living for? I mean, at the end, you know, there was something in my life and I'm not saying I'm not taking any credit. I'm not saying that I'm a better person. I it was it was disconcerting in my early days. My dad used to say to me because he went to college, but had to quit college to rate to to uh, take care of his mother because his father died at a young age. And so he was the youngest of the boys. And uh, so he took a job to support himself and his mother. And so uh, there was no benefits back then where you had somebody else paying for those things. So so he used to say to me, he says, you know, we'll put you in college. You know, nobody's ever made it through college. I, I started, but I couldn't finish. And uh, he used to ask me as a teenager, what do you want to do with your life? And I used to have this troubling feeling that I didn't know, which I think is a fairly common feeling for a lot of folks. But the other thing that bothered me is that deep down, I didn't want to just get up and go to work every day just to make money. And and I don't know how that got there. Uh, my parents were hardworking people. They weren't they weren't religious people. They were good people. They were hardworking people. They were good citizens in the community. Never talked about God for or against. I just think they didn't know. But deep down, I had this thing that I I. I did not want to just be a corporate. My sister, used, she worked for a law firm. She said, Lou, why don't you become an attorney? And deep down, I just didn't want to. I wanted to help people that were in trouble legally. But I thought, well, that's four or five years of my life getting a law degree. And then do I want to do that? That's Is that it? Is that all I want to do for the rest of your life? And maybe this is how God directs us. You know, he makes us uncomfortable with our decisions or makes us not want to make that decision. Or we're in, you know, we just, uh, it doesn't, other people would just be thrilled to become an attorney or a real estate person or a contractor. And, and that's, that makes their jets fire off, right? 
But there was something in my life that said, you know, uh, I just don't want to do that. But I hadn't, you know, a guy's got to work and I didn't have a problem with working hard. So it, I, I just say all that to, uh, when this whole COVID thing happened and the government began to, and it's been happening for a couple decades now, uh, tending towards an authoritarian twist and undermining the Constitution. And when they said, oh, you're going to have to shut down, you're going to have to stay in your house, you're going to have to do this, you're going to have to wear a mask, you're going to have to do this, do this, do this. I looked at some close friends of mine, and I just said, you know something? I was born for this time right here, and I'm throwing down against these people. And uh, and I realized, looking back, that God guided me to do things like this. I didn't ever want to be on a podcast. I didn't ever want to be on the radio. I I, that was never a choice, all these things. And I don't want to waste the whole show on how I got to where I got. But I'm talking to you about really important stuff. And I want you to take it to heart and, and do something about it. I just don't want you to think, oh, that was a good show. Or I like that clip or whatever, whatever. I'm fine with you compliment me. I, I'm not, I, I don't have any false humility like, oh, my, my. I'll say thank you, right? If it, if it motivates you. Good. If you like it, if it made you laugh, great. Joan Rivers said, if you can make somebody laugh, it gives them a mini vacation. I think we all need mini vacations a lot. So, but the point is, I want to motivate you and I want you to do something. And everybody can do something. I don't care whether you're wheelchair bound. I don't care whether you're broke. You can do something. I had a lady that I knew from jail and she texted me today. She said, Lou, I, I got an, I'm doing an online interview with Target. She said, Will you pray for me? How much how much time does it take to pray for people, right? Or pray for the country, pray for the nation, pray for a change in our government. Pray for young people that rise up that really know what's going on. So many of them have no idea. I want to read you something that was written by Marcus Tullius Cicero. He said, Do not blame Caesar, blame the people of Rome who have so enthusiastically acclaimed and adored him and rejoiced in their loss of freedom and danced in his path and gave him triumphal processions. Blame the people who hail him when he speaks in the forum of the new wonderful good society, which shall now be Rome interpreted to mean more money, more ease, more security, and more living fatly at the expense of the industrious. That is a mouthful, and that describes America today. Many people living fatly at the expense of the industrious. We have supervisors that make way more than they're worth as supervisors, and on top of it, took, pri took a payroll gifts from the government that were forgiven, 100000 200000 300000 $400,000 that the government just walked away and said, God bless you, or Satan bless you, right? These guys, did they ever think of giving some of that money to the businesses that they told they could not stay open? We call that business reparations, supervisors. Never thought of sharing that around a bit? Again, Cicero said, do not blame Caesar. Blame the people of Rome. Blame yourself. Blame your citizens at next door. They won't go and vote. 
who have so enthusiastically acclaimed and adored him and rejoiced in the loss of freedom, just gave up, put on those masks, put on the masks driving in their car all alone, danced in his path and gave him triumphal processions, blame the people who hail him when he speaks in the forum of the new wonderful good society, which shall now be Rome, interpreted to mean more money, more ease, more security, more living fatly at the expense of the industrious. People are so amazing. I get, I get every day, I don't know what this is all about, every day I'm on Facebook. Every day I get these solicitations. Oh, if, you'll, if there's a grant, there's money, there's, the government wants to give you free money. I said, I don't want free money from the government. I will pay my own bills. I will work, I will earn money and pay. I do not need the government to give me money. I want the government to not take my money. All right, we're we're coming down. Uh, Chris Ann Hall says, enjoying your day off, the day off here uh, this week, Labor Day. She said, thank a communist for this day, Labor Day. You know, a lot of the days that we celebrate for various things were started by atheists, Satanists, <laughs> and communists. <laughs> she said, thank a communist. P.S. It's not politics, it's just history, unless you might be led to believe that communism or socialism is a new influence in America. It's always communism. From the time we came out of the womb as America, communists have been trying to run this country. Uh, all right. This guy says, I tried to follow the science, but it was simply not there. I then followed the money. That's where I found the science right there. <laughs> Isn't that great? We're going to be right back. Uh, we're, we have actually six segments, if you're new to this, and uh, we've finished four of them, and we will, uh, we will give you just a few minutes to listen to some clips, and then we'll be, be back. They're watching her parents. You know the ups and downs of dealing with children. They throw tantrums, make messes, and can drive you crazy. Your kids will hit you up for money, beg you for a ride somewhere, and make you late for more events than you can remember. But every once in a while, as parents, we get to flip the script and use our kids as an excuse to not do something. Have a family barbecue you don't want to attend? Oh, sorry. My kid's sick. Got to stay home. Asked to stay late at work? Can't. Got to rush home, daughter's got a recital, son's got a football game. But if you're the speaker of the house, you get to use children as an excuse to stay in Congress well past your expiration date. Because yesterday, Nancy Pelosi made this announcement. When people ask me what are the three most important issues facing the Congress, I always say the same thing. Our children, our children, our children. That is my why, why I am in Congress for the children. This is my story, and this is my song. As you hear me say, when you're in the arena, you have to be able to take a punch or throw a punch for the children. That is why I am running for re-election to Congress. That's right. Nancy Pelosi, at age 81, is running for re-election. She says she's doing it for the children. But whose children, exactly? Her own children. 
Paul Pelosi Jr. is 52 years old, and let's just say he and Hunter Biden would get along really well. He's been tied up in a ton of shady business that federal agents are digging into. Is she clinging to power to protect little Pauly P? Perhaps. And we'll have a special report tomorrow on the offspring of the most powerful Democrats in Washington. But Paul, her baby boy, isn't the only reason Nancy won't let go of power. There's still a lot of money to make. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> Nancy isn't running to help the children. She's running to help herself. And she's made a career doing just that. Pelosi first entered Congress in 1987. And since then, she's billed herself quite a bank account. She's become one of the wealthiest members of Congress, with assets as high as $315 million. A lot of scratch for a public servant, making less than six digits for three decades. So how did she become so rich? As usual in Washington, this was a family affair. Her husband, Paul, is a businessman who may enjoy a little pillow talk with his wife, the Speaker of the House. Paul Pelosi Sr. has had a history of perfectly timed stock trades while his wife has been running the People's House. In March of last year, he pulled off a $2 million Microsoft trade just two weeks before the company got a $22 billion contract to sell the Army high-tech headsets. In December 2020, Paul and Nancy got a million dollars worth of Tesla stock options right before Biden announced electric car incentives. And in June, the Pelosi family cashed in big time just as Congress was debating what to do with big tech, making a cool $5 million from Google's parent company. So while Nancy slow walks antitrust legislation to break up big tech, her family taking advantage and laughing all the way to the bank. They must think we're idiots. Because just look at the tech companies your family's still invested in. Apple, Tesla, Amazon, Microsoft, Slack. The list goes on and on and on. Maybe this is why Pelosi defended Congress's right to trade stocks last month. She didn't want to kill the golden goose. The members of Congress and their spouses be banned from trading individual stocks while serving in Congress. No, I don't know to the second one. We are a free market economy. They should be able to participate in that. This isn't new. Back in 2011, 60 Minutes pressed her pretty hard on the same thing when she raked in millions from a sweetheart Visa credit card IPO. Watch. Madam Leader, um, I wanted to ask you why you and your husband, back in March of 2008, um, accepted and participated in a very large IPO deal from Visa. At a time, there was major uh, legislation affecting the credit card companies making its way through the, um, through the House. And well, did you consider that to be a conflict of interest? I, I don't know what your point is of your question. Is there some point that you want to make with that? Well, I, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think it's all right for uh, a speaker uh, to accept uh, a very preferential and favorable uh, stock deal? Well, we did You participated in the IPO. Well, I have many And at the time, you were Speaker of the House. You don't think it was a conflict of interest or had the appearance no, of a conflict not, of interest? It only has the appearance if you decide that you're going to have a, a, a elaborate on a false premise. But it, it, it's not true, and that's that. I don't understand what part's yeah. not true. Yes, sir. 
Um, that I, that I would act upon an investment. How dare anybody question her honor and integrity? <laughs> Everyone in Congress is doing it anyway. Last year, members of Congress traded about $300 million in stocks and assets. And guess what? They all outperformed the market. <laughs> Pelosi is just the best at it. If Nancy wasn't writing laws, she'd probably run a hedge fund. The Wolf of Washington. Run for Congress and you too could buy some extravagant properties like this Napa Valley mansion Nancy and Paul bought worth about $25 million. Or a gorgeous waterfront condo in Washington, D.C., that Pelosi property now worth over two mil. Or the family's multi-million dollar red brick mansion in California's Pacific Heights. Could be yours if you just spend your whole life in Washington playing the inside game. And while the Pelosi's are living the high life in swanky homes, her district is turning into the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Just look at this drone footage, courtesy of the DailyMail.com, showing a homeless encampment in the center of San Francisco. There he has been overrun with tents, needles, drug addicts. And this is the district of the leader of the congressional Democrats. Maybe Nancy could invest more in her district instead of her portfolio. If Nancy dumped a few shares, she could help make San Francisco less of a dump. A little goes a long way, just a few crumbs. Instead, she'll continue to be the Warren Buffett of Washington. That is, until you, the American people, step up, and you have. The heat's on the speaker, and suddenly she's flip-flopped. Now, now, she thinks Congress may have to rein in the day trading. Watch. I trust our members. If, in fact, we should have severe uh, penalties for delay in reporting on stock, I then do that. You give a blanket attitude of we can't do this and we can't do that because we can't be trusted. I just don't buy into that. But if members want to do that, I'm okay with that. That's right, Nance. Promise to stop once you get caught. <laughs> we asked Nancy Pelosi for comment, and here's what she said. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Sorry, that was the wrong tape. The speaker has not yet responded to our inquiry. But when it's not about the money, it's usually about the power. This morning, we found out liberal justice Stephen Breyer may be retiring from the Supreme Court, leaving Biden to pick a replacement. So if Joe picks Kamala... That would create a vacancy in the vice presidency. This would leave Nancy Pelosi an opening to invoke the 25th Amendment and remove Biden from office. Guess who takes over as commander in chief? You guessed it. Nancy Pelosi up. President Pelosi. Now, that theory's bonkers and will likely never happen. I admit we're just exercising our constitutional imagination. Hey, if we can't get away with insider training, at least let us have a little fun. Well, this uh, early this week on uh, Labor Day, it's funny. I always run into thrifty rooter guys on late on the holidays. 
So I was sitting here in my house working on a show here and looking out the window as while I was working and up pulls a thrifty rooter van uh, right across the street in my neighbor's house, my neighbor, Dennis. And uh, the, I thought, and I thought, well, maybe he's looking for the right address and uh, maybe because he wasn't in there for just a few minutes. And I didn't know what problem Dennis had, but he went in. The thrifty rooter guy jumps out. I watched his whole routine, went in, not, got in. And uh, before I knew it, the guy was waving goodbye, smiling, chatting. So I talked to Dennis later in the day, and I said, hey, how'd that go? Did he have the wrong house? He said, no, no, no. He said, my line that, that, that goes out to the sewer keeps, you know, over the years, that house has always had, pl- they never have replaced the line. They need to replace the line, but it gets plugged. So not only did this guy fix it really quick, but he showed Dennis how to fix it himself. And he said, you know, you're on the right track. He had this little device to fix it. But he said, you need to do this, that, and the other thing. And the guy said, this is the way to, um, this should solve it every other time. And you won't have to call us unless it really gets goofed up. But on the standard little slowdown goof up, he said, you can fix it with this, this, and this that you already have in your house. So isn't that cool? So Thrifty Rooter, if you've got a problem, these guys will actually teach you a little bit about how to take care of your business while they fix your business. So if you can go to Thrifty Rooter. Uh, you can go to thriftyrooter.net, not .io, com, U.S., org, or any of the things, thriftyrooter.net. You'll see their website, and it has all the incredible services that they provide. I'm sure you're not going to be able to quote them unless you go there and look. But if you don't have a computer and you just want to uh, use them, you can do old school, and you can just dial them up at 530-673-8201, so you could you can communicate from your computer or your phone, or you can dial them up at 530-673-8201. They are a full-service operation. These boys got major trucks that can just take all the fluids and the sewage out of your system if you've got septic systems and they're goofed up for some reason. Maybe your pumps aren't working or complicated. It's complicated. But I've I've used these guys cleaning out septic tanks, and it's such a help and uh, so they do all that plus they've got the plumbers that just go in and do the the meat and potatoes open up your lines get your water flowing the right direction etc etc they they are they're there fast because i was asking um the guys across the street i said hey how fast they get they said oh man he was there very fast he said he told me he had somebody ahead of me but he said it very very fast so Thrifty Rooter, uh, check them out. They serve all the counties around this area, Yuba, Sutter counties, and beyond. Just give them a shout, 530-673-8201. Also, uh, North Valley uh, Paralegal, that's Nellie Garcia. She is the owner, and she's been doing this for years and years and years. She's been working. Her, she, she's darn near an attorney, but she really doesn't need to be for what she's doing. But uh, she's about done with law school. But you can reach her at 751 Sutter Street, just a half a block away from Allen's Auto Body, 751 Sutter Street. Or you can call her at 530-751-9289. She works night and day solving her uh, client's problems. Why would you go to a paralegal instead of an attorney? Well, there's a lot of reasons. One, they're much easier to, to get in to see. Two, they're cheaper. Three, they're nicer. They're not so bureaucratic. And uh, and they're passionate uh, about it. And uh, sometimes attorneys get full of themselves. I've worked with a lot of them. There's some really I got some friends that are attorneys, 
And I got some people, attorneys that have stolen from me. How about that? So anyway, North Valley Paralegal, check her out, 530-751-9289. All righty. Let's go back down here. I want to say to you, this is the meme that came through. And I think people are a little slow in understanding because the, the they're, they're, I, I've been reading something a lady sent me that listens to the radio show. And she sent me a, a document that's a transcribed talk that's like 30 pages long. But, but it's like what we're going to do in the future. And one of the things they are doing in the future is to have education, but have them not teach anything, have it dumbed down the populace. Because if you dumb down the populace, then you could do whatever you want with them. You keep them stupid. uh, They will buy into whatever you want and you can just give them some money and they'll do whatever you want. It's kind of like you get peanuts to or, you know, crumbs to a, a monkey. So this meme says batteries do not make electricity. They store electricity made elsewhere, primarily produced by coal, uranium, natural gas, and diesel. Only fractional or the small, small, small percentage amounts of electricity are ever produced by wind, solar, or hydro. So your argument that an electric vehicle is a zero emissions vehicle is just a lie. So interesting in Yuba County, we are one of the few counties in, in California that has a dam that pr- produces hydroelectric energy. Thank God for it right now, right? They keep threatening to turn our power off. I'm just hoping I can get through this recording tonight before uh, they decide that they're shutting it, shutting power off for a few hours. Now, Michael Schellenberg, Schellenberger, who ran for uh, uh, governor, uh, against the uh, Newsom recently. Uh, he also has was started out as an environmentalist. He's a writer. He, he does some, some film clips, I think. Uh, sharp guy. I think he's written some books. Uh, so he started out an environmentalist, but he began to see the folly of the direction of the environmental movement. So he wrote this. He said, of California's, because the news you can't, I'm telling you, uh, Somebody said, asked me the other day about watching television. I said, oh, or watching some show. And I said, oh, I don't have a television. They were just totally shocked. They said, I, they said, I think there's a typo. It said you didn't have a television. I said, texting. I said, no, no, no. So anyway, a lot of you are getting your information from the mainstream media. If you just as well been put in a concentration camp as a POW and been, uh, indoctrinated that's what you've been whatever you're if you're watching all the stupid talk on television they're liars just as if you go to a supervised meeting they're doing the same thing michael schellenberger said of california's 30 million 398 thousand 249 motor vehicles he's not just guessing right he's that's not a generality he pins it right down to the last one that's the total of 30 million, almost 400,000, just 1.9% are electric right now. That's 563,070 vehicles of the 30 million, 400,000 that are electric. Using the state's own estimates, California will need six, six, sorry, California will need 17 gigawatts of additional electricity to power all those electric cars. 
So when you add electric cars, you think, oh, good. Now we do we don't need oil. No, we still need oil because all the rest of us are driving those cars. And we're powering all kinds of industry in this country that if you shut down oil, uh, pretty soon your grocery shelves are going to be empty. So uh, he says we're going to need 17 gigawatts of additional electricity to power all those 563,070 new sources or consumers of electricity. And then he says, Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant, which I've toured when I was on a board for PG&E when I was a youngster. I went down there at San Luis Obispo, right on the ocean. That power plant, which the state is going to shut down, it produces. It's amazing power plant, by the way. And they shouldn't shut it down, by the way. They already shut down San Onofre, which is another plant right on the ocean below between San Diego and Tijuana. And San Onofre uh, has been shut down. It serves Southern Cal, Southern Cal Edison or something like that. But they shut that down. So now they're talking about shutting down Diablo Canyon, which is 2.3 gigawatts. Did you hear what I said? They've they've added 563,070 new uses of electricity. And it's going to take 17 gigawatts to power those half a million plus cars because they don't need oil anymore, right? And even when you look at all the power that Diablo Canyon has put out year after year after year for many, 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 many things have been going for 30, 40 years. Now they're going to claim they're shutting it down. Maybe the light will turn on and we'll build another power plant. We need nuclear. It's clean, really clean. So Diablo Canyon's only 2.3. Where are we going to get those 17 uh, gigawatts? So recently, during this heat wave, we're having right now as I speak, they're saying buy electric and then don't plug them in. So that means buy a new car, but don't use it to drive. I guess we need to get out the bicycles, right? Now, this is another one, a meme someone's, all these people contribute these to me, and I appreciate it. There's all this going on with schools wanting to teach your kid this, schools wanting to teach your kid that. We have teachers that have left the public education system right here in Yuba City, Marysville, and they said, ain't going to teach that. We're going to teach. We, we think we're called to be teachers, but we're not going to teach what they want to teach at Yuba City Unified or Marysville Joint Unified. So we're willing to take less money. We're willing to work for less money. We want our kids are very important to us, and they're at a critical stage where we want to uh, – to have an influence in their lives. And we don't want teachers that believe in transgenderism, believe in homosexuality, uh, in, endorse that kind of behavior, endorse killing babies, endorse evolution, want, wants to threaten people that global warming is going to cause the earth to end in 12 years. Just nonsense after nonsense after nonsense. Somehow all white people are oppressors. Somehow... Uh, the pilgrims were bad people. Everybody everybody having anything to do with any development in this country is bad, bad, bad. Listen, people, just leave the school and teach them yourself. I'll buy, by the way, if you go onto the website at churchofgladtidings.com, click on ministries, go down to 
Arrow Education. There's a wonderful page. I checked it out here a couple days ago to see how it was doing, the page. And it's a welcome, not from the church. It's just a place for people to advertise for homeschoolers that want to work together. So for $20 a, a semester, that's not bad, right? And it just covers a few costs, but they meet every Wednesday out there and they share information. Um, parents can share information about curriculums, field trips. They, they work together on that. Kids are hanging out, studying together. They have special speakers that come in. They have athletics. They have food. Uh, so that's, that's once a week where you can have uh, help. And you get people's phone numbers where you can use them if you're brand new to home education. So listen, do not sacrifice your kids on the altar of the government system. This person writes, Dear elementary school teachers, your students don't give a shit who you're sleeping with or what you identify as. Just teach them how to read, do math, and then go home. Find some friends to discuss that stuff with and leave our children alone. Nobody cares but you. This, this, I, I, I can't say this any better than what this person wrote. That's how I feel. It's like when, when I was in school, uh, although I didn't know much about homosexuality, I had the feeling about certain teachers that maybe that's, that was their gig. We weren't taught, we were taught to respect our teachers. So whether or not they dressed like we thought was cool or they were the right size uh, or they were the right age or what they believed or what they uh, or whether or not they were with a man or a woman. We didn't that wasn't any of our business. We went there to get ed educated and they didn't try to indoctrinate us. They they educated us. We got great educations. Thank God. But there were people there that uh, that I think maybe were homosexual, had a homosexual bent. They ladies that lived together. Right. And so, uh, but it wasn't a big scandalous thing. They were professional. They, they didn't hold picket signs to tell me that unless I embraced them or endorsed them or uh, talked kindly about their choice of life, uh, then they're going to do something to me. Listen, people, it, we lost a great society uh, because of the insecurity of people that wanted to live in a deviant fashion. It's amazing in America, we can live in a lot of deviant ways. You want to go home every night and become an alcoholic or drug addict or whatever and do it inside your house in private, pretty much people just leave you alone. But it's when people want to just come out and mess over people uh, when we get into trouble. And that's a, that's how I feel when this I read this writing by whoever wrote it. Dear elementary school teachers, your students don't give a shit who you're sleeping with or what you identify as. Just teach them how to read, do math, or go home. I said, I said that should be said at the start of every year by all the parents. Don't you dare mess with my kids. I'll be jack slapping you and pulling my kids out of here and suing you. Right? That's what people ought to say. But they quit saying that. My parents would have just had a cow if somebody if, if any crazy like that happened down there at the school. And we need to throw down. That's what Americans do. We got a, a, a screwy mutation of the DNA of America, and it's created a lot of pussies. We got a ton of pussies. 
that just let everybody run over them and you just think whatever anybody wants to do, it's okay. No, not everything everybody wants to do is okay. Having transsexual story time or bringing a bunch of homos in there. If people want to sleep together, be together, same sex, none of my business. They want to do, you know, husband, wife, whatever their gig is, when they go into the bedroom, whatever their house, none of my, none of my interest or my, I, I don't stay, stay up at night. Oh, I wonder, oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> That's not me. Keep it to yourself. But when you want to have legislations, all our kids, you know, it, I knew it was never going to stop there, but it's just garbage. It's just legislation after legislation, forcing stuff down people's throat. You know, the odd thing is, is all these guys have weird names. You remember the guy that kept showing his junk, sending it all over the country? Anthony, how come he ends up with the name Wiener? And then we get out here and we got a senator named a state senator, but who's a, just a flamer. Big time homosexual. And and what do I mean by that? He is not a classy individual. He's wanting to show his, his, his meat to you out there on the street. He wants to dress up like a little girl or a little boy and look all weird. And he just wants to be as weird and ostentatious as he can be. Instead of dressing like a professional and uh, representing all of us, right, as a senator. And so his name is Scott Weiner. And most of the most of the legislations had to do with wieners and what we're going to do with our wiener. Are we going to poke it in this hole? We're going to poke it in that hole. Are we going to poke it in a bunch of people on the same day? We're going to swap wives. We're going to uh, what are we going to teach kids? We're going to force vaccinate kids. Just he just got he's bizarre. But a lot of these uh, sexual advocates have sexual names. It's just quite a deal. All right, so uh, let's see. We've got about a minute and a half left, and let me see what I can do quick here and be redemptive of my time before I launch a big old thing. I wanted to, uh, Let's see. Okay, I'm just going to start into this, and uh, you know the liars like Dr. Lou, uh, the health officer is a liar, just a complete liar. I was telling, I was telling a doctor in town what she said on YouTube. It sucked the air out of the room. The guy was stunned when I told uh, told him on YouTube that she said that hydroxychloroquine to give you a heart attack, ruin your kidneys, and ruin your liver. That, that, that's malpractice, folks. That is malpractice. He said, well, did she say if you took it in huge quantities? You know, people, if you take, drink water in huge quantities, it will kill you. So let's be sensible about it. So we don't have to do I have to tell you if I suggest you drink a water, I should say don't drink 55 gallons in under 24 hours. Do I have to say that to, as a disqualifier, you know, or a qualifier? So I'm going to talk about some some of the people uh, that are dying from covid. Uh, oh, it's it doesn't say it. They're not allowed to say it in the media, but I'm, there's all kinds of people dropping dead. And uh, the first one is uh, Wachita. I love that name. Wachita Baptist football player, Clark Yarborough. Yarborough. It's not Yarborough. I like it. Ch- Yarborough. How about that as a name? Clark Yar. Hey, hey, bro. Yarborough. Wachita Baptist football player. This is really sad. The guy's picture here, just a heartbreaker. And uh, he's playing for Wachita Baptist University in Arkansas. He died Sunday morning after suddenly collapsing. Just a healthy 
football player. It's better shape than anybody in town. Just drops dead. Uh, can't figure out why these people are dropping dead. We'll be right back. Well, I'll admit you deserve expressions that fit you. Rack my brain hoping to explain things you do to me. By me, this to shame. Please let me explain. By me, this to shame means that you're grand. By me, this to shame. Gun and again means you're the fairest in the land. First, these Biden voters ignored all the videos of Joe Biden sniffing women and kissing them from behind and grabbing little girls' waists, all weird. Then all these hashtag MeToo hypocrites ignored when Tara Reid said that she was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden in 1993. And now they're ignoring this. Ashley Biden's diary. Wow, guys. Wow. Here is a quote from it. I have always been boy crazy, hypersexualized at a young age. I remember someone being sexualized with a family member. I remember having sex with friends at a young age. Showers with my dad. Probably not appropriate. So what, you guys are just going to ignore this too? Oh, I know. Your reaction's going to be, but Trump was a dictator. We give state dinners to the heads of China. I say, why are you doing state dinners for them? They're ripping us left and right. Just take them to McDonald's and go back to the negotiating table. Seriously, it's true. 25 years ago, Princess Diana's car crashed inside the Pont de la Alma tunnel in Paris, France. Her lover, Dottie Fayed, died upon impact along with the driver. And even though Diana survived, it took about 40 minutes to get her from the car to the ambulance. The official story was that they were trying to free her from the car, but several witnesses say that Diana was conscious and unobstructed. Photographs show that the back seat of the car was undamaged, and witnesses were pleading with the police to open the door and help her. Once in the ambulance, it took about 40 minutes for them to choose a hospital, and when they finally set off, the ambulance drove at a snail's pace and made several stops, taking about 40 minutes to drive less than four miles. Doctors were turned away. Witnesses were strip searched. Cameras were confiscated. No evidence was gathered. No blood samples were taken. And by 3 a.m., the entire scene was sprayed down with high pressure water hoses. Mercedes wanted to study the wreckage to see why it failed so badly but they were denied. Diana's body was taken by the royal family, who had her reproductive organs removed before burying her remains. All 17 cameras along the route of the crash were mysteriously turned off, and all radio police frequencies went down. Witnesses were assaulted and threatened, and there was no investigation, not until the inquest 10 years later, which is when most people learned that Diana had penned a note in 1996 saying that someone was going to kill her in a car accident. This note was concealed for six years. At the inquest, experts agreed that Diana would have survived if they had gotten her to a hospital. But the blame was put upon a military-style attack. According to witnesses, a group of motorcycles, along with a white Fiat Uno, worked in concert to crash the car. First, with a blinding flash of light, followed by an explosion from the front tire of the Mercedes. 
During the inquest, a former MI6 agent described being shown the very same plan in 1992 for a possible MI6 assassination of Slobodan Milosevic and claimed it was MI6 who killed Diana. Because of all this, the inquest ended with the verdict of unlawful killing, blaming her death on the mysterious military hit squad. But the mainstream media spun the entire thing to make it sound like it was the paparazzi that caused her to crash, which is demonstrably false. And while there was no investigation into finding the members of this military hit squad, three years later, the alleged driver of the white Fiat, who had ties to MI6, reportedly committed suicide after being found shot twice in the back of the head and burned inside of his car. During the inquest, many things were kept from the jury, such as the fact that Diana's seatbelt was found to be defective and evidence of the car being sabotaged. Interestingly, these things would have brought more suspicion towards Dottie's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed, who, after turning down repeated offers from the French government to provide security, was solely responsible for Diana's security detail. And at the last minute, had them leave their security detail in front of the hotel as a decoy and take a different car, a car that was recently stolen, broken, repaired, and never checked by security. Left with only one security guard, they were also assigned a new driver. Henri Paul, who had no chauffeur permit, was tied to foreign intelligence services, was seen on camera signaling to someone just before setting off, had received over 50,000 francs the day of the crash. And this was all under the watch of Mohammed Al-Fayed, who was deeply connected to the intelligence community. He was business partners with one of Lee Harvey Oswald's handlers and represented the grandfather of Mohammed Atta. But none of that was mentioned during the inquest. Instead, with the help of pop culture agents such as Howard Stern and Piers Morgan, Mohammed Al-Fayed has provided the world with the cover story that Diana was pregnant with Dottie's child and Prince Philip had her killed because he's racist, which seems like a strange cover story. That is, if you don't realize that the entire thing was a satanic ritual. Rituals are meant to be witnessed and the death of Diana is steeped in satanic ritual. The royal family, originally known as the Sachs Coburg Gotha bloodline, changed their name to Windsor to sound more British. Their inbred family is traced back to Vlad the Impaler, otherwise known as Dracula. And with several proud Nazis in the family, including Prince Philip, the royal family is obsessed with pagan ritual and all things occulted. According to the carefully planned breeding of royal bloodlines, the marriage between Diana and Charles was for the Merovingian ancestry of Lady Diana to be seeded into the royal family. Diana was well aware of this and referred to herself as the Windsor Broodmare. They were married at St. Paul's Cathedral, owned by the royal family and built upon the site of a Roman temple dedicated to the goddess Diana. According to occult beliefs, the goddess Diana was Lucifer's consort, and on August 13th, 1313, they produced a magical daughter named Aradia. In Freemasonry, this same trio is known as Osiris, Isis, and Horus. This same ritual is shown in the Roman Polanski film, Rosemary's Baby, where the innocent virgin 
is unknowingly recruited by a satanic cult to mate with Lucifer and spawn a child. After the birth of Prince William, Diana became a threat to the family. She had major influence and used it to shine a light on the family's powerful interests, such as the endless war machine. Her life was being threatened, and she told several friends that the family was going to kill her. Less than a month before her death and after a series of affairs, Diana started seeing family friend Dottie Fayed. And on August 31st, the satanic ritual sacrifice date for the goddess Diana, Diana of Wales was driven out of the way past an ancient Egyptian obelisk and into a tunnel named in dedication to the goddess Diana. Inside this tunnel, Diana's Mercedes crashed into the 13th pillar where she was kept to bleed to death above a known ancient Merovingian underground chamber for the ritual blood sacrifice worship to the goddess Diana. This is the religion of the world's elite. Prince Philip said he would like to be reincarnated as a deadly virus to wipe out humanity. His underling, Maurice Strong, co-founded the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab. And Prince Charles, who brags of being related to Dracula, co-founded the World Economic Forum's Great Reset Initiative. These are the leaders of the so-called New World Order. These monsters are the best that they have. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. All right, so I want to talk about uh, what Cheetah Baptist football player Clark Yarbrough, dead at 21. This boy's one of the healthiest guys in the nation. He's six foot one, 280 pound. Yarbrough just finished a game for Oklahoma Baptist, Wachita Baptist University. Oh, oh, it was over Oklahoma Baptist. He's playing for Wachita Baptist University in Arkansas. And um, it said the the university wrote this. The, today, the Wachita community mourns the loss of senior Clark Yarbrough who died this morning following a sudden collapse. Join us in praying for his family and friends. Da, da, da. His last game, 42-32 victory over Oklahoma Baptist, just a couple days ahead of his death. He made two tackles. He majored in business. It's interesting. Everybody had COVID. Oh, yeah, he had COVID. Yeah, oh, yeah, he tested positive. Not sick, but, yeah, he, he's positive. Oh, yeah, he's positive. She's positive. Oh, yeah, he's, he's tested positive five times. Yeah, he had the, he had the virus, had, had this, had shot. One, two, three, four, five. Got the virus again. Oh, yeah, he's got COVID, 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 COVID. Everybody got COVID. Got statistics up to yin-yang. Call the mortuary. Tell them to change the test. Oh, yeah, we're going to – you got to change that death certificate. We want it to say covid because we'll get more money if it says COVID. So uh, this guy uh, dies. Oh, no, no, I, there's no way. It's just, a, you know, people just drop dead. You know, I, I played all kinds of 
I played some sports. I played a little bit of Little League, and then I played basketball all the way through grammar school, high school, and that was it. But even I watched college ball, followed sports for years and years and years. I don't remember anybody dying of anything that played sports, that collapsed on the field or in the pool. So uh, so Clark Yarbrough, 21, dies. Now we have 14-year-old Patrick Schoonover. He's a hockey player for Minnesota, Brainerd, Minnesota. And he said, oh, oh they say he's he had heart defects. Really? You know, it's interesting that they gave these kids physicals, and it, it said it didn't show up on any physicals. Oh, what's that mean, it didn't show up? You mean it didn't arrive on time for the physical? Uh, you mean our physicals are so flaky, the x-ray, if we're doing a, some kind of physical for the heart, that uh, we're missing stuff? Really? He has no problem, no heart, no heart pain, no symptoms, but all of a sudden he drops dead on, on the uh, ice. No, no neck injury. He got hit. He collided with a person like they do in hockey. And, uh, and so he's dead. Huh. So now it's, oh, well, he was at risk. He had a heart that was at risk. You know, I have people that I know in town that, that have either died of heart attacks after taking a shot or they, uh, a guy that I see at the post office, some big guy, he's probably 50. He went out and got the shot and he said, Lou, it, he said it, it almost killed me. And he said, my whole body swelled up. My feet swelled up. I had to go to the hospital. Uh, my whole leg, my legs swelled up. And, uh, he said, now I have myocarditis or my, I call, I think I said myocardia myocarditis, periocarditis. He said, I have myocarditis. My heart is bad after I took the shot. You think that you think that anybody's keeping track of that locally? Supervisors in Yuba Sutter, are you keeping track of your constituents that you really love and care for? You keeping track of all the health problems that your shots caused when you sent around that little pedophile injection van? Huh. So how about this one? This is this is a scary one here. But in these media accounts, no mention of the C word. No way. You could say F the F word now, but no C word. High school athlete has six feet of blood clots removed from his legs, ab- abruptly in- ending his football career. This guy's a senior. Okay. Have you heard of any of the autopsies about in the autopsies uh, on on uh, people died after the jab? Their blood's all coagulated in their veins. It's all it, it, big blood clots everywhere. Did you know that, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Romney, Senator Romney, even his relatives, he's lost uh, one or two relatives. And one guy was a, a big basketball uh, star that was headed to college and had blood clots. And his dad got blood clots. Both of them got blood clots in the head right after the shots. My friend who works for, I think it's Destiny Health. Is it Destiny? Dignity Health? Dignity Health nearby here. 
I said to her, I said, hey, tell me you got tell me something weird that's happening in your hospital. Anything weird happening over there? She said, oh, definitely weird. So we've had young workers here that took the jab and died. Boom. Twenty five year old gal, healthy as a horse. I mean, not not fatsos that are smoking. I'm talking about in good shape, athletic, keeps in shape. Then she said we had another guy that runs. He he competes in these like Ironman runs, triathletes, and he's got blood clots in his legs. All of a sudden, after the shot, blood clots everywhere. So this high school athlete. Uh, let me get down here to this. I've been look. I had to look it up to find different uh, articles to piece it all together. So anyway, uh, it ruined his career. They had to go in, open up his legs. Uh, Let me see if I can find it here. So he started feeling really bad on the field. He said, you know, I just want to go home. I'm feeling really bad. I don't know what's wrong with me. His dad took him to the emergency room after he was having severe pain in the back of his, in his back, in his physical back, not back of his legs, but his back and his legs. So his dad ran him to the hospital. His calves were swelled up four inches larger in circumference than they are at the moment. He was very uncut. Can you imagine your legs swelling four inches in circumference? His name's Caden Clymer. I just wanted to go home, honestly. He said, I didn't, I didn't really care what they did to me. I just, I didn't want to be here. I was very uncomfortable. A lot of pain, uncertainty. They removed six feet of blood clots out cleaning out his veins that were plugging up his veins. And now he has to take blood thinners for the rest of his life. These are our healthy youngsters, people, because we put a corrupted killer shot in their system. Says climbers path is far from over his recovery. Not only are doctors still trying to figure out exactly what happened to Caden. Come on, man. But regaining strength in his legs each day comes at a price. He gets shot in. He gets injections in his stomach every day, twice a day, which is not something fun. Anyway, now here's another one. It's just I, I'm telling you every week I come across these and I think, ah, I don't want to talk about them this week. They'll just people just goes over their head. So we have a news anchor, right? She's on the air. Oklahoma. And she starts to not being able to put her thoughts together and to mumble a little bit. But she could she has enough to say, I'm sorry, something's going on with me this morning. And she suffered a mild stroke right on the air. Oh, just a coincidence, I'm sure. Julie Chen of Tulsa, NBC affiliate KJRH suddenly found herself unable to speak the words she was reading off her teleprompter while on air. Bewildered and stuttering, Chen tried to push ahead with the broadcast, but soon found herself completely unable to say anything. They sent her to the hospital. She had the beginnings of what the doctor said, the beginnings of the damage from a stroke that caught her in the nick of time, as some people might say. 
How many of these, how many of these are uh, you doubters out there? How many do we need a thousand, 10,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand, a million? How many like sudden deaths of young people? Let's just take young people. As, as working with trauma intervention for almost 30 years and chaplaincy for the two of them for 30 years, there were two, uh, and, and not, not adding on my, my own experience as a athlete. And when I say that I was not a good athlete, I was, I, I participated and I enjoyed it. That's all. I was just there. I played. I'm just saying all through those years of coming up to school, I didn't see anybody die on the field or die in school of a strange ailment. Okay. And we had over 2000 kids in our high school. And so then, so as a chaplain for 30 years, chaplain and running a trauma program, there were two youngsters, not related, but both had Marfan syndrome. And both those young kids knew they had Marfan syndrome. It, that's a, I guess they describe it as a, a trouble with the lining around the heart, maybe too thin. And in playing sports, they had a heart attack and died. They knew their day was coming. In other words, Marfan syndrome people have a problem. They're going to have a problem sometime in life. So, so I'm almost 100 years old, right? And all those years, I've, I've known two little, little guys that had a problem. And it took their life, right? Now we have people literally every single day there's hundreds and hundreds around the world every single day that are having problems. And they're not necessarily big time athletes or small time athletes. They're just regular folks going to work like this. Uh, one gal just trying to talk on the radio, on the uh, television station. It's unbelievable. I wanted this really caught my eye this week. And uh, in this world of everybody lusting after money, our supervisors, it's, it's just like they got expando magic pockets that they can pull them out bigger so you can dump your money in them as they walk by you uh this soccer star uh he's sing uh, from Singal, senegal you know senegal in africa or as they call him a singalese senegalese senegalese i left out a a syllable so this guy he's the africa's richest soccer player His name is Maine, M-A-N-E. I don't know what his full name is. I can't seem to grab it really quick, but that's not the big deal. He, he writes, he says, the title of this article, Senegalese soccer star uses old cracked iPhone while spending millions transforming his impoverished village. Do you know people that every time a new phone came out, they got a new phone? I know people like that. And they don't necessarily have a lot of money, like a hundred thousand a year or something like that. But they have plenty of money to get a new iPhone, right? But in terms of helping others and doing other things with their money, the iPhone came first, right? Or they get it. They get a, a lot of fan. You know, I cars usually last me until they break really break down. Twenty. I, you know, I've driven my car for like seventeen years or something like that. Spend my money doing other stuff, right? So most guys that make a lot of money in the 
in the uh, sports business spend it on some pretty crazy stuff. I'm not saying they all do, but I got I got the fact that this guy's iPhone, the, the face was cracked on it and it was peeling and it was funky. It worked, right? So the question was, is why would the, the, this guy is is responding, this soccer player, why would I want 10 Ferraris, 20 diamond watches, and two jet planes? He said, at one time I starved. I worked in the fields. I played barefoot. I didn't go to school. Now I can help people. I prefer to build schools and give poor people food and clothing. Maine explained to confused fans that were wondering, wow, man, you got a funky old phone you're using. I think it's a great story. So it says Africa's richest soccer player was spotted several times in 2019 and 20 using an older model cracked iPhone with a peeling screen protector. His salary is $10 million a year at the time, $14 million today. Fans were just baffled. His name's Sadio Main, S-A-D-I-O Main. Why wouldn't he just buy a phone? His explanation in a recent interview is actually uh, inspiring to yours truly. So I he's, he gave the quote. I won't state it again. He says, in addition, or it says here, in addition to building a school, hospital, gas station, post office, stadium, and providing 4G internet for his entire home village of Bombali, he sends every family in the village, population is 2,000, $70 a month to feed them and other necessities. That means he didn't say, oh, if there's anybody needy over there. He just said, I, I got the food covered. <laughs> You guys spend your money on other stuff. Isn't that cool? I got the full cup. Population is 70, uh, 2,000. So I don't know whether he sends it per family. Oh, he says sends every family $70 a month for food. Man, if I sent that to everybody that I, maybe I should do that in Vietnam. They, that would probably carry them for food. He said, I'm constantly worried about the next meal for the people of my village in Senegal. I want you to think about that. I'm going to come right back. I'm going to pick this up where I left off. Be right back. Who's going to tell you when? It's too late. Who's going to tell you things? What law is there say I got to like you? All right then. Don't you eat every day? Answer me when I talk to you. You eat every day. Yes, sir. You got a roof over your head. Yes, sir. Got clothes on your back. Yes, sir. Why you think that is? Because of you. <laughs> Hell, I know it's because of me. But why do you think that is? Because you like me? Like you. I go out of here every morning. I bust my butt putting up with them crackers every day because I like you. You're about the biggest fool I ever saw. It's my job. It's my responsibility. A man is supposed to take care of his family. 
you live in my house, fill your belly with my food, put you behind on my bed because you're my son. Not because I like you, because it's my duty to take care of you. I owe a responsibility to you. I ain't got to like you. Now don't you go through life worrying about whether somebody like you or not. You best be making sure they're doing right by you. This week, the state's surgically enhanced governor, Gavin Newsom, announced a new way to overburden California's already collapsing energy grid. He's got an idea. He wants to ban gasoline-powered engines and force everyone to drive an electric vehicle, a vehicle that has to be plugged into outlets that in the state of California no longer work. We're not kidding, by the way. Watch this. We will be the first jurisdiction in the world to require all new cars to be sold to be alternative fuel cars. We are going through one of the great transformations in our history, energy transformations. And the electrification is the architecture for economic transformation. <laughs> so here's a guy who's never had a job, who couldn't fix a broken lawnmower, lecturing you about energy and architecture and transformation. And then, you know, we have to get conspiratorial and we look at the Iran-Contra. The CIA was trading drugs with Nicaraguans for guns. We were giving them guns and then they were taking that cocaine and they were flying it into Mena, Arkansas, which Bill Clinton happened to be the governor of that state. And they were taking those drugs and they were putting them in Florida. They were putting in California, Freeway, Ricky Ross. So they created the crack epidemic. So the people, the same people that did that, they're creating the problems that we have today. So it's just a new drug for a new era. Amazing. <laughs> Not really. So, it's scary. No, no, no. I know what you I mean. mean. I know you mean that sarcastically. Yeah, no, really. but it's what's just interesting because, I mean, I grew up in a world where, and I, speaking for myself, I actually believe that conspiracy theories were the way that dumb, uninformed people explained a complex world. Yeah. You couldn't understand what was actually happening. You resorted to a conspiracy theory, and that was a mark of a low IQ. Of course. Now, I always think this. The more informed, the smarter the person, the more likely they are to be connecting the dots that you're connecting. So you grew up in a world where people just like assumed that the system was not on the level, I think. Well, it's called cognitive dissonance. It's like, you know, the government is, you know, has done corrupt stuff. You know, there's classified levels of intelligence that you'll never be a part of. But you have cognitive dissonance thinking that the government has your back. They don't. It's a personal people control system. They want to control us. And that's one of the biggest parts of why they want to keep you depressed. Because, Tucker, when you're constantly depressed, you're in what is called fight or flight. So you, your hormone response is constant cortisol. And that's why Brian Stelter, those guys, they constantly have the ticker on CNN, how many people die, how many people die. Because people get addicted to that hormonal response. And once you're in that fear state of fight or flight, you can't see the forest for the tree right in front of your face. Yes. So then they can literally, like a dog with a treat, they can make you do whatever you want. And that treat is just more trauma, what I call trauma-based mind control, just more fear tactics in order to control you. So that's what's happening now is the mainstream media, not you, but the, most of the mainstream media uses fear to control us. And that's the same mechanism that the government uses. I couldn't agree more. It's coming, Larry. It's just a matter of time. You know, I've been saying this for two years. Like we've been saying, it's not really the virus. We've been poisoned by all the stuff that's in the shots and all the EMFs and whatever else is in the air. We've been poisoned. And I've been saying the tsunami of deaths is about to arrive. And if you've got a whole bunch of family members and friends that have had at least one of the shots, I think you need to be looking at them as though they were just diagnosed with a terminal illness. Correct. Do not know how long they're going to live. I mean, sudden adult death syndrome, even though we've laughed about it, it's true. It's happening. 
And I think that doctors can't get their heads around it because they've mostly been shot and boosted and they're wondering if they're going to be the next ones to drop over or if they, some that still have a conscience are thinking about the people that they know that have died and they know that they're complicit. Do you think we should stop the shots? 100%. Absolutely. I mean, the, the stopping point for the shots were reached January 21st, 2021, for sure. I mean, in a regulatory standard, for sure. You had 183 deaths reported within three weeks of the rollout. I mean, that's far past the stopping point. Um, you already had probably 20, 30,000 adverse events at that time. And, and since then, it's become a bloodbath. I mean, this is a historic humanitarian catastrophe, right? I mean, and it's all based on lies, Pierre. I'm going to jump in and say it's all based on lies. Joseph lies. Goebbels says the best lie is the big lie. And they continue to tell the big lie. And as a society, we're being screwed by it. That's why we have to scream back. We are not accepting this lie anymore. <laughs> it's immune damaging agents. 100%, Chris. I mean, but the lie is is not any lie. It is one of the most terrible in history. I mean, people, young people are dying at rates we've never seen before. You know, all of these like mentions of people swimming in the last week, like in Italy and the UK, and suddenly they're dead in the water. I mean, those are the vaccines. You, you don't have 11 deaths on Italian beaches in one day. In the UK, kids are going swimming. They're dead in the water. I mean, there are massive deaths occurring. The life insurance data is screaming. I mean, this is a humanitarian catastrophe, yet the train rolls on. Mandates continue. Get your jab, get your booster, get the new Novavax, get the new hybrid. You know, it's, we, we got to just keep fighting. We got to keep they're all unsafe and defective is my new slogan. Unsafe and defective. They're clearly poisonous and they, we need to stop the shots. Welcome back. I want you to, th this is an amazing statement. He said, I'm con constantly worried about the next meal for the people of my village in Senegal. I want to thank you to think about your life, wherever you're listening from, obviously, because some of you listen from other states. It's usually not another village, but have you ever had that thought? I'm worried about the next meal for the people of my town. Now, granted, I'm, I'm going to look up Senegal and look up the average income. I've, I watch it in the countries that I go to, like Cambodia and Vietnam. It's, it's scant money. I mean, the, the amount of money they make is. So a gal I helped go through a nursing school, she uh, she was making, when she got out of high school, I asked how she was doing. And they said, oh, she's working in a shoe factory. I said, how's that working? How much she make? They, she was making, I think, working for one of these, like Nike, Adidas, one of those big shows. She was making $140 a month. And so that's not enough to live on yourself. You have to room with other people, just like that's happening in the United States now. People are running. They can't make enough money because the prices are so high. They have to room with other people. So they do that all the time in Vietnam. 
So because I'm rich over here compared to them, I could change that situation for her, just like this soccer player could change, change the situation for the whole country. But he worked on his village of 2,000 people. I think, uh, so he says, I'm constantly worried about the next meal for the people of my village in Senegal. Why would he be worried about that? Because he said up in the other, uh, top of the article, he had trouble getting enough food. He was short of food at one time in his life. He, did, he couldn't go to school. Remember that part? Uh, I didn't go to school. I played barefoot. I starved. He said I didn't. It didn't that's different than not quite having enough food. He said I starved. I'm constantly worried about the next meal for my people in my village. He said recently, this is why I have to always be at my best in the pitch to not lose my place. Because I might lose my contact in the contract in the club and my village goes hungry. In other words, it motivates him to play at the top of his game. Because in his mind, a lot of people are counting on him. Now, that's what I like about this guy. The fact that he's making a lot of money, uh, I'm not too worried about. Or that doesn't impress me. What he's saying about the way his attitude is in life and what he's living for and his purpose in life, that got my attention. I don't know whether it gets your attention. I I don't meet a lot of people like this in America. Maybe there's not a lot of people like this worldwide. It's interesting, and I'm I'm not saying Donald Trump's like this, but I don't know whether you've ever looked at the different people that Donald Trump has scooped up when they were in bad times and put them in an apartment or bought them a vehicle or paid off some debt on a, on a ranch and got them straightened out. Right. Donald Trump has some of this in him. I like this. So way to go. Uh, I can't Sadio S A D I O Maine. If you ever hear Senegalese, Senegalese soccer player, if I get to watch any soccer, I'm going to almost be watching for these Senegalese boys because that guy is playing for his people. Playing for his people. You think the Board of Supervisors? Do you think any of the Board of Supervisors are going to sleep at night worried about who's going to go hungry in Yuba County or Sutter County? You think that? You think Steve Smith or Kevin Mallon's going to sleep at night making $300,000 a year and... and uh, retirement for the rest of their life health big health plans and uh working in air conditioning all day got it going on don't have to work very hard oh i know it's stressful oh i know yeah you guys are really stressed i think you ought to just take off your uh, coats and and get on some work boots and go out there and just knock out a few ditches and just remember how it is out there for the folks you want an extra one percent from Maybe you're like Sadio Maine. You're just, you can't sleep at night, baby. You're just like, I can't. I so many people in Sutter County, man. Yuba County. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe we ought to just like have them raise their hand and we'll, we'll drop a taco by. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've talked to people, you know, that uh, I, I know people personally that have had that experience of having a stroke on the, you know, right in the middle of something. Bummer. It's it's a big bummer. And uh, or right, I'm just scanning down here to see where I'm going to pick it up here. I'm getting trying to get past. Oh, I got this. I got this right here. I'm going to talk about. All right. So. I want to, I'm kind of on a sports gig here. So, you know, the, uh, the Williams twins, are they twins? Williams sisters, Williams sisters. Don't think they're twins. They're close in age, but, uh, they've been such an amazing, uh, they've probably carried the tennis world because tennis isn't what it used to be back at 30 years ago. And uh, it had a lot higher profile and was watched by a lot more fans and a lot more people are playing tennis. But the Williams girls have really set themselves apart as amazing players and uh, and credits to the game, classy people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So recently, uh, but it's interesting how the media portrays things. Recently, uh, I guess Serena Williams decided after at her point in life, and now she has two kids, she has a husband, she's saying she's going to retire. And uh, so uh, people have given her all kinds of accolades. I saw different sports shows saying she should get the athlete of the 21st century or the athlete of the 20th century or something like that. In other words, all men, all women of all kinds of flavors in the United States, she is the, like, incredible one, really. Isn't that amazing? And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. I thought, I wonder what basis. So then uh, there's a gal that you probably have never heard about. Her name's Margaret Court. And Margaret Court uh, is 80 years old. And uh, so she admires Serena, has made public comments about her, how wonderful of a player she is, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so she made a comment how Serena didn't ever make any acknowledgement about Margaret Court, which I think was kind of an odd comment, but let's just listen to it. Serena Williams has never, uh, you know, mentioned, you know, the fame of Margaret Court back in the day, a forerunner in ladies tennis, right? So I had no idea about these statistics, Court, the problem with Margaret Court is that she is a is an outspoken Christian. She's actually a minister today. And she's been shunned by the tennis world. She was uh, she criticized Williams doing a rare interview recently with the British Daily Telegraph. She said, Serena, she said, I've always admired her as a player, but I don't think she has ever admired me. Maybe she has. Maybe she hasn't. Uh, she said, took taking another shot at Serena Williams. Court said, this is an 80-year-old woman, that said she thought it was bad that Williams didn't mention her opponent more when she spoke. In other words, you know, when you speak after a match, hey, thank, she did a really good job. She's a nice person, complimenting them. She said, when I was playing tennis, Margaret Court said, we were taught to honor our opponent. We respected one another. So Williams closed her career on Friday at the U.S. Open, taking a loss to an Australian lady. So 
here's the interesting thing about court, and you know why they don't want to talk about her. Court has the most Grand Slam titles ever in the history of the world, more than the Williams. Racking up one more than Williams, who's been dubbed the greatest of all time. And she didn't perform nearly as many years as Williams. Court emphasized that she had a shorter career than Williams and won Grand Slams after having her kids. In other words, there have been people who, oh, my goodness, Williams went out and had children. Then she came back, right? Court did the same thing. Serena has played seven years longer than I did, and still I have more. Uh, she said, I finished my career in the, in the early 30s. People forget that I, I took two years out. I first retired when I was 25, thinking I was never going to return to tennis. She said, I got married, had a baby, but then had one of my best years, winning 24 of 25 tournaments. I came back after two babies. After having the first baby, I won three out of four slams. And Serena hasn't won a slam since she had a baby. Isn't this amazing how the, the media just picks and chooses who they want to honor, and they just they just spin a, a, a yarn that's totally untrue, like Serena is the best tennis player of all time. And she obviously isn't. She's a wonderful person, I think, and a great player. But the media spins a yarn that's just untrue. The athlete also dismissed criticism that her era was less competitive than it is now. Court says, I would love to have played in this area. I, th I th think it is so much easier. How I would love to have taken my family and friends along with me in traveling, but I couldn't. I had to go on my own and with the national team. People don't see all that. We don't have psychologists or coaches with us back in that day. It's a whole different world today. That's what disappoints me, that players don't honor the, pa the past of the game. I offer here Billie Jean King saying that people didn't come down to Australia in my early years. But Maria Bueno, the world number one, came down. So did Christine. She mentions all these incredible players. In other words, Billie Jean King was, was minimizing Margaret Court, that she, she didn't have to play tough matches. Uh, she says, I was at Wimbledon this year, and not one person even spoke to me. So I thought, ah, that's interesting. She said, it's very sad because a lot of press and television today, particularly in tennis, don't want to mention my name. It's only when they have to because I still hold so many records. In 2020, I was meant to be coming to Wimbledon for the 50th anniversary of, my, of the Grand Slam, but COVID hit, so the honor never will happen. The French Open didn't even invite me. Rod Laver, he's another Australian who won the slam. I was going to be honored in the same way, but no, I didn't lose any sleep over it. But the honor has not been there for what I do. In my own nation, I've been given many titles. Here's the problem, folks. First of all, she's a Christian woman. Second of all, uh, she outperformed a black woman that they want to give the credit to because they just want to give the credit to her. She's white. She's a Christian. She came out and spoke against gay marriage, not against gay people, against the idea that people of same gender should be honored with the, the biblical concept of marriage. She said, she's, she just throws down, she's 80, to dismantle this sole definition of marriage and to try to legitimize what God calls abominable. 
sexual practices that include sodomy reveals our ignorance as to the ills that come when society is forced to accept law that violates their very own God-given nature of what is right and what is wrong. Margaret Court said, the fact that the homosexual cry is, we can't help it as we were born this way, as the cause behind their own personal choice is cause for concern, she added. Every action begins with a thought. There is a choice to be made. Let me scroll on down here. There's a choice to be made. So what you have is a woke society, supposedly, and they pick and choose their winners and they celebrate them, ignoring the truth. They constantly ignore the truth and the facts and they mock those things. Like, for instance, Charles Darwin with evolution said that if they can't ever find the link between one species and another, then my theory is just a theory and it is not a good theory. They have never since 1850 found a link and still our public education system is riding that evolution horse. Now we ought to go out and set up some, some uh, watering troughs outside the high schools just in case a horse might come by because that's how ridiculous these things are is they just keep putting out lies and half truths and misinformation and, and uh, it, in fact, I was watching one talk show, a sports talk show and uh, they, they were talking about Serena Williams and they, they just, uh, they, they just gushed all over her, which, and I didn't mind it. It's like, I think it's amazing what they've done. But then to say things like she's the greatest ever or she's the greatest athlete ever. And you have Margaret Court who played seven years less and outperformed her. In other words, won more tournaments. It's just unbelievable. Seven years less. That's like a baseball player, home run hitter, hitting more home runs than anybody and, and competing seven years less. That's amazing. Totally off the charts. Amazing. But that's the media we deal with. So if you're listening to the media, whether sports media or political media or whatever, here's another one. You remember the Duke University lacrosse fiasco where the first news was that a at a party of the lacrosse team, a stripper who had been paid to come there claimed later that three of the guys, I think it was three, maybe it was five, three or five, raped her. It was a complete lie, turned out a complete lie. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. You could easily Google it, duck, duck, go it, research it. It's a fascinating story. It's a complete lie. Uh, they didn't do anything. They fired the coach. They shut down the lacrosse team. The, they, they, the whole school had a meltdown. It was an entire lie. The guys ended up suing. I think the coach sued. Everybody got paid off. And so now we have another lady, uh, another person, this time a lady volleyball player. This time we have a volleyball player complaining about a pedestrian or an observer of of the game. Before it was a stripper who was complaining about some of the athletes, white athletes. And so now we have Rachel Richardson 
the only black starter on the volleyball team. There's other blacks on the team, but I think she's the only starter. Very pretty, looks like a wonderful person. So she claims that somebody screamed the N-word at at uh, Brigham, Brigham Young University, Mormon University. And that Duke's there playing, and somebody shouted the N-word. Now here's what Duke, here's what Brigham did. And the media is just catering to this Rachel Richardson. And it's a fraud. The entire thing is a fraud. They have film. They have, can you imagine the, the video and the filming and watching everybody in a big event like that? There were over 5,000 people there. And they videoed. They watched the video where she thought it happened. And, and she points out somebody that may have done it. This guy's a special needs kid, a person who was more interested in his phone, dawdling with his phone, than he was watching her. They see nowhere. There's nowhere. In, they can't in any com, confirmation. Do you think if you were at a, just name the, some of you go to high school games, college games, junior college games up here in Northern California. If you were sitting in the stands next to that kid, don't you think you'd be able to confirm whether somebody screamed nigger? you nigger or something like that or something ridiculous the thing's a total fraud the this gal's godmother who's running for office cranked up this whole deal she wasn't even at the game they can't find anybody confirming this even guys that sometimes i enjoy listening to his sports analysis stephen a smith could not resist to become the Al Sharpton of sports <laughs> and get in on it and, and cause a dereliction of duty on Brigham Young. And in the North Carolina or South Carolina team, the basketball team, not the volleyball team, refused to play BYU now. They're throwing down against BYU. I thought, you know something? All you have to do is have a black person say something. Remember the Tawana Brawley case, the gal that was in a dumpster? dumped in a dumpster supposedly that was raped by all these people total lies the whole thing everybody's going to make a buck off this all right so uh we'll be back for a final clip in just a minute Hillary met my campaign manager, and I got the chance to meet the people who are working so hard to get her elected. There they are, the heads of NBC, <laughs> CNN, CBS, ABC, there's the New York Times right over there, and the Washington Post. They're working overtime. True. I spend more time working on these cars than with my own family. I spend my days digging holes, cutting grass, and sweating. This is job number two today, so my customers aren't the only ones drinking coffee. I'm breaking my back out here for one reason. I want to pay off some other guy's debt. Biden's plan to pay other people's college loans using my tax dollars is a great idea. Biden's right. You should take my tax dollars 
to pay off your debts. My family will figure out how to get by with less. What's most important is we spare college graduates from any extra stress. Want to be a struggling artist? College is on me. My kids don't need fancy things like school supplies or new shoes. I work for you, theater major. This shift is for you, business major. Go buy yourself that new car. Enjoy your free ride. College is on me. Tell Congress, stop Biden's bailout for rich kids. Hey, you guys, it's me again. Biden's supporter would vote for him again, ranting from my electric car. And I want to talk to you today about these MAGA Republicans, okay? These MAGA Republicans that are questioning the integrity of our elections, which is a threat to democracy, just like Biden says, okay? Now, did I question the 2016 election? Yeah, I did. I did. Did I say that Donald Trump was not the legitimate president? Did I say that he was an illegitimate president? Yeah, I did. I did. Did I say that he's not my president? I did. But it's different with Biden because Biden got more votes than any president in the history of America. More votes than Obama. These MAGA Republicans, they believe in free speech. Like they think that you should be able to say whatever you want to say, even if it's offensive. <laughs> and I think if you say something offensive, you should be banned off the internet for all of eternity. And that big tech should label it hate speech. These MAGA Republicans, they believe in freedom of religion and, and they believe in the Constitution. And the Constitution protects the individual and it doesn't let majority rule. And I think majority should rule and crush the individual. These MAGA Republicans, you guys, I just wait for this. <laughs> they believe that a baby inside of a womb is a human life and that it should be protected. <laughs> they believe in securing our border. Now, do we have a small fentanyl crisis? Yeah, it's a tiny little crisis. It's not a big deal. And we should keep our border open because everyone trying to cross our border is a good person. And if you don't believe that, that you're, that you're a hateful person, you're a hateful person. <laughs> they believe that you should be able to defend yourself however you want. And I say, put your gun down and wait for the cops because the cops always show up on time. They believe that less government is good. And I want the government in every aspect of my life because the government is amazing and I want to give them all power. And they're like, power, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. You're dumb. <laughs> MAGA Republicans are dumb. <laughs> Rant over. So Joe made a promise, if you remember, back on the campaign trail. He made this promise to rebuild the middle class. It's why he ran, and it's the North Star that has guided his... Shut the You will never see an Indian person committing a crazy crime. Like, when was the last time you heard of Indians robbing a bank? First of all, Indian people are so nice, and they're so sweet. I can't see it. You know, you're gonna rob a bank. You need authority. You need to come in there, guns blazing. I said, get your ass on the ground now. I can't imagine. Would you please take the money? <laughs> I, why are you laughing? I am talking to you. Forget this. I'm out of here. I don't need this. He gets in the car. His partner's waiting for him. Did you get the money? They would not give me the money. Did you show them the gun? I showed them the gun. 
We better leave. They're going to call the police. They're still laughing. Where did you get the computer? They thought I was tech support. Welcome back for our final uh, clip here. Uh, let me mention a couple people that I haven't so far to catch up here. We got uh, Elite Universal Security that helps us, Monty Hecker and his wife, and uh, they're, all their crew is a big supporter of this program and our radio show, Elite Universal Security is Yuba County based, but they work all over Northern California. So if you're listening from another, another County up here and you think, oh, I'd like to do that, but I don't want to move, move over to Yuba County. I don't want to move. There may be uh, some action up there that they're taking care of that. They would keep you right where you are. You just need to call them and get them on board. They've been advertising recently on uh, different platforms They'll train you how to be a guard for them. And if you give them a call at 530-749-0280, again, that's 530-749-0280, or you can look at their website at EliteUniversalSecurity.com, or their kind of their training website, API-Academy.com. It's API-Academy.com. You can get on board with them. Now, if you're like a lot of people I know, you're getting stole from left and right and uh, broken into, stolen from. And it's because we have a we have a country right now that is lawless and we have laws that are uh, actually condoning it. And we're not wanting to put people in prison. You know, when you we put a lot of people that are hardcore criminals in prison crime slows down because they are detained and there's a limited number of them it's kind of like i'm trying to get the rats under control at a project i'm working on and we got some rat traps out and uh it's stopping the problem because we're killing the rats if we trapped the rats and took them all away same same solution same deal so Elite Universal Security, if you're losing stuff, if you're having vandals, if you're you're getting your business trashed by homeless people, just on and on and on, they will they will provide a good service for you. Or you could provide a good service for them by becoming one of their guards. So either way, 530-749-0280. They also help with you learning how to handle a gun, getting gun permits, if you even if if you're a uh person that doesn't want to go to work for them but needs help with that or even spraying all the chemicals chemical stuff that you can people send me chemicals all the time said lou you you don't have a handgun you need these chemicals in case somebody wants to mess with you spray them in the face so they will teach you how to do that properly so reach out to them and they will they will give you a hand and do a great job for you also greenitz construction dave greenitz uh he's been here for over 40 years He's not practicing. This boy and his crews know how to put a house. They know how to take a house apart and put it back together again when you want to do a remodel. And they make it as painful as possible, <laughs> as painless as possible. Uh, 
and they get it done quick. In other words, they don't start your job and they get distracted. They get in there, they get it on, and they make it as painless as possible and do it uh, according to the uh, schedule and the amount of money you wanted to spend on this project. So you can go to greenettsconstruction.com. That's green with E-T-Z on the end. Or you could go to his Facebook site of Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook, and you could send him, send him a message from there if you want, after looking at some of his before and after pictures, or you could just dial or text him 530-682-9602, okay? And finally, the plumbing doctor, my friend Ted Holmes, I think they're leaving today or tomorrow. Ted and his bunch of them are going down to, I don't know where they're going. I think they're going to, he's going to be gone for a month to two months doing this and that, but he's also going to be working on a project for a big orphanage we started working on in 1987. So he continues to go to the Baja and work for uh, lots of young people and poor people. So in the meantime, his outfit carries on, his dispatchers, his plumbers, his his uh, schedulers, all those people carry on. So the plumbing doctor is working here in Yuba Sutter counties, and you can reach them at 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. Oh, I forgot to mention also Dr. Cassidy. So we've, like one of my former TIP volunteers told me the other day, she and I are working on some other projects together. And she said, Lou, I was out one day on five fentanyl overdoses in, in our area in one day. I thought, well, that's a huge record. Five fentanyl overdoses, three out of five died. Dr. Cassidy and I are trying to prevent that. So we have all kinds of help for you. If you, will, if you need help in any kind of addiction from fentanyl on down to cigarettes. If you'll reach out to him through 530-749-3242, you'll get Peachtree Health, 749-3242. They got lots of doctors, but ask for Dr. Cassidy. And if they say why, just say addiction. Very simple. If for some reason they hobnob, you know, they hitch, they got a hitch and they get along and you don't, it's flaky or you get a screwy worker. I'm going to give you a second number, and, and I just want you to text that number once. Don't text him. Don't blow up his phone. Don't do it in the middle of the night. Don't call him. It's 530-682-8648. 682-8648. Just put your name, your phone number, and addiction, uh, and he will call you back. If all else fails, you can call me. Text me, call me, any time of the night or day. 530-713-1838, 713-1838, that's me, Lou Benninger, and I'm working with Joe Cassidy, and we will help you with getting you into a rehab, getting you some medication. If you're just wanting some, if you want to just talk to us and you think you're still going to use narcotics, we will give you some Narcan that at least if you, if you overdose, your loved ones can bring you back. We have Narcan available. So, uh, so there, that's Dr. Cassidy. So no need. If you think I'm trapped, I'm just going to die this way. This thing's got a hold on me. I don't think I can get out. My, most of my friends are addicts. Our church is full of addicts. So is Joe Cassidy's church. 
all kinds of people that are doing good today, have jobs, have families, uh, traveling the world, enjoying life, are not controlled by their addiction. We can help you get there. Give us a chance. Talk, talk to Dr. Cassie. Go get checked over, and we'll get you uh, We'll get you on the road to recovery. That's what we're going to do, okay? All right, so let me go down here. I got, I'm not even turning on the light in here. It's so hot in this room. It's smoking. I'm, I'm all sticky, and I'm going to go out there and get me some good food after I finish this, but I got about 15 minutes to go here, so I got some uh, more to talk about here. Uh, okay. Oh, here's another one. This schoolboy, this is people dying. Eight-year-old boy saves his mother's life. 30 years old. She just drops, right? Collapses. Boom. Right? He he calls the over there, they don't do 911. They call it 999. And uh she collapsed collapsed. Oh, here's another one. I got a I got a whole list of this it's in Italy. Okay, on his 14th birthday, this guy was uh, on the pitch playing football with his friends. I don't know what that probably meant soccer. I mean, not uh, rugby. What was supposed to be an evening of sport and party has turned into a drama with the ending still to be written. The boy from Vera La Vecchia, who was uh, in the game, during the game, the young man collapsed. In a sudden illness. This is a young guy, not 40, 14. The team's doctors, with extreme promptness, undertook life-saving maneuvers pending the arrival of the doctors managing, trying to reanimate the boy. That's a new term, right? Re not resuscitate, but reanimate him. With, when the air ambulance arrived, the young man was rushed to civil of Brescia, Breccia where he's hospitalized in civil, serious condition. Doctor's prognosis was guarded. Here's another one. Accident at Lake Sagrina. Unfortunately, the 22-year-old who remained underwater at Lake Sagrina pours in a various, is in a very serious condition. The terrible accident, yet another of this summer of night, 2022, took place at 3.15 p.m. on September 2nd. This is in Italy as well. The 22-year-old boy ended up underwater in the lake and did not resurface. An ambulance and a medical car rushed to the scene, but the situation immediately appeared very critical. The boy was, in fact, in cardiac arrest. Oh, listen, people, it's one thing to, to get out in a rough area of water and drowned. This guy was having a heart attack out swimming. 22. We got a 14-year-old wanting to play rugby. It's it just... Uh, it says a corrupt establishment will do anything to suppress sites revealing the truth. It's just disgusting, man. It is flat disgusting what's going on. Uh, so Duke University, uh, we'll see how this plays out. But what we have is another person wanted att attention. Probably this 
godmother started the whole thing up. But there, and so now people are questioning whether it was thoroughly vetted. It's amazing to me when journalists say, oh, well, they didn't. Th- Remember the, the thorough vetting that Obama got where we couldn't even determine what country he came from, or whether he was a man or, or whether uh, Michael or Michelle was a man or a woman or whether he was homosexual or not and all, all the stuff who his people were, whether he's a communist or not, right? Vetting. Remember vetting? Now the, 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 some of the journalists said, well, you know, they didn't properly investigate this. It's amazing to me. If no one around the person heard this person who didn't seem particularly even interested in the game, why would he even, why would you yell at somebody that you're not even interested in the general game and you yell at that person? I could see you yelling at an umpire and getting out of line and being stupid or even a player that you, that you don't dislike. And then they have videos of all parts. They're videoing the entire event, the players, plus the, the viewers, the audience, the spectators. And you can watch them on real time on the video. You could watch the whole game of the spectators. And you can't see anybody doing anything like that, but yet now they're gonna they're still nursing this thing, milking this thing. Richardson said she and her fellow black teammates struggled to get through the rest of the game. You know something, people? Really? Somebody calls you a name in sports? I I played sports. I didn't play before 5,000, but I played before 1,000. Full, a full house at Yupa College. And people yell all kinds of stuff to try to rattle you. It's just like, really? You're, you're not high schoolers. You're not grammar schoolers. You're like, you're playing for a prestigious university, Duke University. And, and you struggled to get to the room. Come on, man. You expect me to believe this? The, the, the designated victim in this farce was described by an investigating officer as having special needs. Now, what do you think that looks like? Are we talking about Down syndrome? Are we talking about a spastic, multiple sclerosis, somebody that can't talk right? Somebody that can't maybe act like a child, but they're an older person? The special needs kids was was too immersed in his phone to pay attention to any of the game. They're going and they're going to have some kind of ban on BYU just because one person said something. Racist de- the ESPN the guy says ESPN professional racist demagogue Stephen A Smith is being asked to apologize for his hysterical diatribe. Honestly, people, I I was mentioning before the break about the Tawana Brawley situation. So she was used to getting beat badly by her dad, but when she claimed to police that she was raped and she had marker all over with, with horrible things like bitch and things like this written on her body, she accused the assistant district attorney, one of the prosecuting attorneys, 
ruined his ruined his uh, career as a prosecutor, accused him of being one of the rapists, and to defend himself, ruined his life, ends up getting a divorce through the whole thing, just totally wrecked. He ends up suing her, getting getting an award of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, and she never would pay him. And eventually she grew up and became an LVN or a CNN. uh, Is that what they call them? Certified nursing, CNA, CNA, certified nursing assistant. He had to confront her to ever get her to start paying him. In other words, she personally had to pay him for lying about him. She accused one of the cops of raping her. He ended up uh, ending his life. Unbelievable. And all these guys, the, the Stephen A. Smith guys, Sharptons of the world, ruined people's lives over a girl that just simply wanted to maybe make an excuse of not wanting to come home to a bad beating from his dad after a late night of partying. Unbelievable. I don't know if you remember the whole, all of these frauds, whether it's this, the Rachel Richardson fraud, or whether it's the lacrosse fraud, or whether it's, oh, you know, somebody hung a noose in the boys' bathroom fraud. They did it themselves just to draw attention. Or the Tawana Brawley. We could just go down the list, the list, the list of one thing after another, destroying people's lives just because you you wanted to get something for free or something. I I don't know. I I don't know. It's, uh, It's unbelievable. They've been doing research, and uh, they say that uh, a new poll with The Economist covered by Breitbart News has found that the vast majority of both Biden and Trump voters were tricked into taking a suicide shot falsely labeled the COVID vaccine. Nine out of ten Biden voters took at least one of the shots. I told my my friend that just got out of prison i says a good shot you're going to drop dead dude you maybe got five years maybe got a year nine out of ten voters took at least one of the jabs most likely because those who supported biden are obedient oblivious people who blindly trust government and corporations with their lives even when those governments and corporations are quite literally trying to exterminate them The survey release, reveals something really interesting. Men, blacks, and Hispanics all caught on, according to the survey, quickly caught on and largely stopped taking the fraudulent COVID killer shots after the first or second dose. Men, blacks, and Hispanics. Blacks I knew were paranoid. I didn't know about the Hispanics. White liberal women, those that are college-educated and indoctrinated, continued to remain shockingly obedient to the COVID-19 propaganda and demanded three or more doses. You talk about not wanting to marry one of those babies. Those, those gals are about as thick-skulled as you can get. White liberal women, college-educated, indoctrinated. They just love those jabs. Give me, no, give me some more of them jabs. Unbelievable. 
All right, we're. I think we're about done. It's only, I only got about half a minute left. So uh, please uh, connect with us. If you know anybody that's sick or dying from the COVID shots, get in touch with uh, frontline doctors, Brian Artis, or Prosecute Now I.O. It's time to go after these people, folks. It's time to go after them and take, take some hide. Take some hide back. Okay. So don't stand down and and confront your supervisors over their stupidity or they're playing along with this so they can make a lot of money and watch you suffer. We'll see you next week, Lord willing. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies are blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night. And I think to myself.